This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome in, everybody. Hey, I'm Chase Thornton. I am not Dan Mater, but it is time for MD's Fantasy Football Show tonight. We're going to go through our heroes and zeros here tonight after a, a kind of a low-scoring day. Felt like a low-scoring day in fantasy, kind of some, some surprises across the league there. Uh, but we're not alone. I also have a partner tonight, uh, Mr. Adam LaRue, joining me. Adam, hey, how are we doing tonight? Hey, sorry for uh, being behind a minute, but uh, hey, been a, a good day of football, you know. Uh London game wasn't that bad. There were some watchable moments. What we're watching now is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, the, yeah the, the second half of that London game was actually pretty watchable from the standpoint of, of competitive football. It looked like it was going to be a runaway in the first half there. Right. Um, yeah. It, that's pretty damned early in the morning for me to have to get up on this side of the pond here. <laughs> uh, but my, my boys made sure that, uh, that I, I was awake for that. So I did get to watch it. Uh, looked like it could be a runaway in the first uh first half there but ended up being a real competitive game not a ton of scoring is you know but we i think a lot of people maybe and we're gonna this is the first one of the first games we'll talk about here anyway we'll get to it but i just i think a lot of people looked at that and kind of thought oh well hey two high-powered offenses this could be a major shootout and it was it was not a shootout. It was actually a very competitive football game uh by the time that we all got everything said and done there but uh yeah a lot of action around the league today, but we're, let's start off with our with our two, our Thursday night game. Let's look at uh, Tennessee and Pittsburgh there, and, and uh, let's let's get our thoughts. Heroes on. and zeros. Zero, All right, so heroes from this game. Listen, uh, I don't think you have to look any further for a hero in this game than Deontay Johnson. There, uh, twenty two fantasy points for you on the day. Just a, a phenomenal game. Seven, you know, seven catches on nine targets there, ninety yards. Finally hits the end zone for the first time in like a year and a half, two years. Um, didn't after not his first all touchdown year. post Ben Roethlisberger for yes, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they and they, I think they said that on the broadcast yeah. that the last guy to throw him a damn touchdown was Big Ben. Um, so congratulations a to Deontay Johnson for that, and b to everybody in who had him in their fantasy lineups because if they listened to us on Wednesday, they would have had him in their fantasy lineups. This guy has seen he's seen a ton of targets since he came back the same way that he did all year last year, and that kind of volume again, it's not. It's not rocket scientistry here, folks, and this isn't groundbreaking analysis to tell you that when a guy sees the kind of volume that Deontay Johnson sees on a week-in, week-out basis, the man is going to score you some fantasy points, and he is not going to be held out of the end zone forever, and that showed true today. Uh, like I said, 22 fantasy points for you. Right now, he ranks as wide receiver five on the week. Uh, not too bad. Did you have a hero in this game or any other heroes in this game here, Adam, that you were looking at? Yeah, I think it's worth talking about Derrick Henry, who I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, didn't give a lot of thought to when he started really slow uh, at the beginning of the season. Now these past three weeks, uh, or really last uh, month, uh, because they had the bye mixed in there as well, um, but the last three games, rather, he's looked really good. Uh, this one as well with the touchdown uh, and, and, you know, wasn't enough to get them the win, but... Uh, certainly, if you have him on your fantasy team, it feels like this back half of the season is going to be, uh, you know, a lot better than that maybe first month, month and a half was. Right. Yeah. Get you 100, 100 plus total yards there. Three catches on three targets. Did get in the end zone. Uh, right now, running back five on the week. Uh, 
exactly what you were hoping for and what you want out of Derrick Henry. And, uh, and like you said here, the last three weeks or so, you know, really has, has come on has, after people I kind of think maybe gave up on him a bit after that Indianapolis game there and thinking that maybe it was going to be Tajay Spears season and with the Tannehill injury and what was their offense going to do. And if there's no threat of the pass, not like there was any threat of the pass before Tannehill got hurt, but you know, yeah. What's going to happen with King Henry? Well, I think Henry King Henry has shown that reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. Uh, let's take a look at our zeros in this game. Uh, for me, listen, I talked about Deontay Johnson, how phenomenal he looked. So we're going to talk about George Pickens and how uh, terrible his game was. Actually, I mean, the, I don't think you have to it, look any farther than George Pickens having, you know, two catches on five targets for negative one yard for 1.9 points uh, for you on the day. Fantasy wise, he is, uh, he's outside the top 80 in wide receivers this week. And again, you know, something had to give Pickens looked great with Deontay Johnson out because Pickens was the top target option. And, and with Pat Fryermuth having missed so much time this year, there wasn't really a whole lot of competition for targets four pickings early on in this season. But now that Deontay Johnson is back, uh, you knew he was going to soak up all of the targets and uh, it has really cost Pickens. And honestly, I think it's cost Pickens a little bit more than we all maybe anticipated here. Uh, three, just three catches in the last two weeks here uh, for a grand total of 21 yards. He did find the end zone with his one catch last week. But uh, yeah, listen, if, if you're going to continue to catch one out of five targets here, uh, it doesn't look good going forward for George Pickens. He's a guy that you can probably leave on your bench for right now. I'm not going to go so far as to say flush, but he's a guy that I'm not going to, I'm not excited to play unless I absolutely get desperate and have to. How about you? Do you have a zero in this game? Oh, um, uh, another zero is tough. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you, you got about what you were looking for from everybody right. else. I mean, Traylon Burks continues to disappoint in fantasy. Although at this point, if you have expectations for Traylon yeah, Burks, exactly. uh, yeah, you might be the one that needs to look in the mirror and not him. Uh, landed right where we thought he would land there in the low 50s in the rankings here. 4.8 fantasy points. Uh, yeah, it, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, I mean, let's give them some a little bit of credit. They, I mean, they're both running back ones at this point right now with 15, 15 and a half points for Najee, 14, just over 14 points for Jalen Warren. Um continues to be Najee Harris getting the bulk of the work. Jalen Warren did look more uh, explosive and, you know, he looks like the more impressive athlete at this point, but we did get a nice 20 plus yard run out of Najee in this game as well. He he's showing he's not going away. Um, looks like a true committee backfield there. Do you have any other notes that you want to add from this game or anything that, that stuck out to you from that Thursday night game there? Yeah, it feels like the Kyle Phillips usage for uh, Tennessee has been going up. I think that's one to monitor, especially in deeper leagues. Um, you know, he, he's been someone who played really well uh, out of the gate as a rookie last year, had the injury, took him a long time to come back. Um, but, you know, someone who could be an interesting, like I said, especially in deeper leagues, dynasties and stuff, uh, an interesting waiver wire guy uh, kind of moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dynasty, I agree with you completely. In fact, I have him in a couple of my, I mean, about 20 plus Dynasty leagues right now, but I, and I have, I do have him in a few of them because you're right. He, he does look like he's got something to offer there. He looks like a nice, at least possession receiver could be, mm -hmm. um, you know, catches a high percentage of the target. He's got nice hands. 
Um, you know, he's, he's not the biggest, he's not the fast, he's not the most anything, but the dude just goes out and plays professional football. So yeah, four out of five on his targets today for 68 yards was actually the leading receiver for the Tennessee Titans today. So yeah, I agree with you there. If you're in a real, real deep league, you get, you get in a pinch there. Uh, or if you're in dynasty and you're looking for a speculative ad to your bench there, a real young guy, like you said, it's only his second year in the league. Uh, I agree with you there. Let's take a look here and we will move on to our next matchup. To talk about that Germany game now, Miami at quote unquote Kansas City in from Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, listen, Miami, you know, top one, I mean, the, the top offense, the top performing offense in the league so far. Kansas City, an offense that I think we have been a little bit underwhelmed by this season. We have high hopes for them and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and we knew that, you know, and Andy Reid, we thought this was going to be a, you know, a real juggernaut of an offense as well. Um, they've struggled a little bit to find their footing in some ways here, but uh, they do get the win over there in, in Germany. Um, so let's take a look now at our heroes and zeros. Heroes and zeros. Zero, heroes. All right. If, if there's if there's such a thing as a hero in this game, we didn't get a whole ton of. But Raheem Mostert was looking really sh short at halftime. He was looking absolutely terrible. In fact, at halftime, I believe their leading rusher was Jalen Waddle with a 12 yard carry. Uh, came on in the second half. There got gotcha, you. You know, at least salvaged the day. Got gotcha you 14 and a half points there. Uh, not a not a great day. Not what you were really hoping for from him. But honestly with how weird and low scoring kind of today was across the league in terms of fantasy points, Raheem Mostert getting you 14 and a half points right now. Has you, has he at a low end running back one at, at running back 11 on the day so far today ends up his day with 85 yards rushing and a score. Uh, didn't catch a single ball. Did, did have the fumble there that, that, you know, they recovered, but I mean, he did not have a phenomenal game, but, on that last drive when they were trying to get in position to, to score and possibly tie that game up and move, and move that thing to overtime. He kind of single-handedly got them down where it was possible. Uh, it was, it was pretty remarkable, uh, pretty remarkable second half for Raheem Mostert. He's about the closest thing I can find to a hero because uh, there was not a whole hell of a lot else going on in this game. Did you see it? Otherwise you got any heroes here or. Uh, and this is grasping at straws, but I'll throw it out there. Uh, I, I know I, in some of my redrafts, have, was in a position where I've liked having the Chiefs defense all year, and I've been worried about this matchup, and I was like, I'm just going to have to tank this one because I don't want to drop them. I don't want to deal with right. that. Um, so I'm just going to tank this matchup. But with the touchdown, with only giving up 14 points, uh, I, I was actually impressed by the output I got there. Because uh, again, I, I thought like I think ESPN had projected them for four points. <laughs> right, uh, going well, against Miami, nobody had expectations, especially with uh, Bolton out. Uh, some of the right. injuries they were dealing with. So I, I want to throw that out. There. Yeah, no, no one wanted it. No one wants any part of any defense. I don't care if it's San Francisco, Cleveland, or, or Dallas. You don't want any part of a defense going up against Patrick or not Patrick uh, to a tag of Aloha and and this Miami Dolphins offense right now. But somehow, some way they made it work in Kansas city. And yeah, so, you know, so much for getting acclimated to the, to the, <laughs> to the time change. Like we said, we, we had messaged that back and forth on yep. the slack that, yeah, like, okay. You know, but uh, yeah, not otherwise we, you know, it was kind of just a meh game across the board. Uh, zeros in this game. I am going to say it. I'm going to run a little bit of a victory lap on this one because, yep. Hey, I told everybody that without Taylor Swift in the house, that Travis Kelsey was not going to be the, 
tight end one on the day. I had him ranked at tight end three, gasp the horror, right? Clutch your pearls. I didn't, I didn't just automatically rank Travis Kelsey as tight end one. He got you all of 4.4 points and he was absolutely shut down and taken out of the game. And it almost worked. Uh, the dolphins had a great game game plan for him. They had him just absolutely smothered on almost every play whenever they wanted to look for him, they could not find him. And uh, right now he's your tight end 27 on the week. So there goes your, your default, just putting him at the top of the, of the list. I love Travis Kelsey. He's about the most sure thing in football, literally in fantasy football. It was a bit of a joke on my part to say, well, with Taylor Swift, 4,000 miles away, he's not going to have that great a game today. But he really did not have all that, you know, I mean, he just, he was not in non-factory, literal non-factory. He looked like a, a human instead of the, the super juggernaut that we've come to come to expect. Uh, anybody else you want to throw a zero at there in this one? Oh, um, not quite zeros. I think there were a lot of uh, underwhelming scores you could talk about. Uh, Tyreek Hill, who, he, cool, he got your 14 in PPR, but uh, definitely not what you're used to with with him and then in standard you didn't really get much of anything out of Tyree kill because uh, he got a bunch of receptions but not much yards and didn't get in the end zone uh, so again I, I think that's more just a case of you being pampered if you have Tyree kill um, right yeah you've gotten used to having so much with him and now he did lose the big fumble that turned into the touchdown right. uh, for Kansas City too I mean literally was the difference in the game between him not getting in the end zone and giving up the fumble that they returned so uh, yeah Kind of a kind of a cheap day for him, a weak day for him. Like you said, uh, you know, you've been pampered if you got Tyreek Hill. Honestly, he was still a starting, he was still a starting yep. you know, wide receiver on the day. Right now he's wide receiver 18. Got you 12 and a half points, but he's wide receiver 18. That's uh kind of an indictment on the rest of the league right now. But yeah, you you didn't Tyreek Hill did not kill you, even though he didn't win your week your league for you this week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, any other notes you want to talk about from this game? We, we, we kind of mentioned the, the Kansas City defense. Sneaky good defense. Yeah. I think a, a much better defense than, than a lot of us figured they would be. Uh, I know that, you know, Mahomes in the in the postgame interview gave them a lot of credit too. But uh, yeah, a defense that you might be able to look at going forward and, and especially if you want to look at matchups and that kind of thing. But now keep in mind, they're going to be off here coming up in week 10. But uh might be an opportunity if you've got an extra bench slot or whatever, and we're getting late in the season. Um, might be an opportunity to grab them if you, if you you know are so inclined. But any other notes you want to look at from this game or talk about here? Yeah, I know on the uh, show earlier in the week, we've been on the Rasheed Rice watch all year. Uh, so I think worth noting, he did get the touchdown today. Uh, got another catch, I believe, on the next drive or maybe the drive after. But then after that kind of shutout uh, was kind of back out of the lead. Uh, as far as the snap count for the receivers here go. Um, I, I still think he's been the one that I've been the most impressed by outside or in the wide receiver group specifically. Um, but worth, you know, accounting for, you know, it wasn't a big day for him and especially in the snap count. Yeah. Weirdly enough, two targets. I mean, yeah, we, we had noted that he had been lower on the snap count in terms of the playing time and, and the time he was on the field. Now his time on the field has been very efficient and continues to be very efficient. Uh, only two targets today, but one of them was a touchdown. Yeah. Like you said, uh, and was still the highest scorer among the wide receivers in Kansas city. I honestly think he is the only Kansas city wide receiver worth owning right now. As weird as that sounds, there is only, there are only two receivers on this team worth only one's Rasheed Rice and the other one is Travis Kelsey, who's the top asset in all of fantasy football, arguably. So yeah, I, I, 
I don't know what continues to go on there with the rest of their receiving core and why they can't seem to find themselves open or get in the end zone or be useful in any way, shape or form to fantasy or real life football players. But uh, it, it, so be it. It is what it is right now. Um, Jalen Waddle didn't get you a whole hell of a lot today, unfortunately, but that's going to change. That's going to, that that'll even itself out too. It's been, he's been kind of mercurial. He hasn't been the steady presence that he kind of was last season. But he did still see six targets today. Like I said, he actually got himself a rushing uh, rushing attempt today for 12 yards. Was their leading rusher at halftime for crying out loud? So uh, there are better days ahead for Jalen Waddle. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be bailing on him right now. All right, let's take a look at our next matchup here. of the surprise <laughs> matchups of the day a fun entertaining game minnesota at atlanta and uh, i think the you know, entire state of minnesota kind of held their breath and had their heart jump into their uh, you know up, up into their throat when jaron hall of all people uh went out of that game with a concussion they literally did not have any uh, room for error after that. And then Cam Akers, who they announced on the broadcast, would have been their emergency quarterback because he had, and they actually set him up a play or two to throw the ball. He never got one off, but uh, he ends up going out with an ankle injury, I believe it was. And uh, so they bring in the guy, Josh Dobbs, who now it comes out in post game here on Twitter and everywhere else that literally did not take a practice snap this week at his new home here in Minnesota after being traded at the deadline. Uh, to be, we assume, was the plan all along to take over for Kirk Cousins after the Kirk Cousins Achilles injury from last week. Uh, but nevertheless, they started Jaron Hall this week because Jaron Hall's actually been in the building. Josh Dobbs didn't even know guys' names, literally, and he said himself, ah, that's for next week. <laughs> this week was for winning a football game. Next week, we'll learn everybody's names. But uh, just a, a real fun come-from-behind win there, led by a one-man Josh Dobbs there. So if we're going to look at heroes and zeros. Heroes here, and zeros. Your heroes have to start with one Josh Dobbs stepped into the building, pulled up Baker Mayfield. As much as I know, Dan hates me bringing that name up on this show, uh, walks in the building, doesn't know anybody's name, doesn't know the playbook. They said literally was getting the plays diagrammed and broken down to him in his headset from Kevin O'Connell as the clock was as time clock. The play clock is winding down on almost every snap. Uh, he ran all over the place. He threw the ball all over the place. There were a couple of rough moments, but I mean, truly a magical kind of, you know, moment like encapsulated there with, with Josh Dobbs leading that comeback right now. Uh, he's, you know, he's quarterback four on the day, got you 24, almost 25 fantasy points there. Nobody in their right mind in fantasy actually played him today, but I think with the performance that he gave and the fact that he's done this, he did this all year in, in Arizona. He is a top 12 fantasy quarterback right now on the season. This isn't, this isn't out of character except for the fact that he literally didn't know what he was doing out there um, and just did it anyway. But I think you have to start with him there and give him a, a hero, an honorary hero, at least on the day. Uh, another hero I'll give out there today is Jonu Smith. Uh, had take took a screen pass for like a 60 yard touchdown there. Uh, 21 points and he's only tight end five on the day. It was if there was any position that actually did come out to play today in fantasy football, it was the tight end position. There were a lot of big tight end scores today, weirdly enough. And one of them was not Travis Kelsey, but Johnny Smith did have one of them there. So I'll give him an honorary one too here. Uh, you got any heroes from this game outside of Mr. Dobbs or Smith or anything you want to add to the two of them? 
Uh, first off with Dobbs, I mean, did you see that video of him literally like getting used to the snap from the, the center <laughs> on the sideline before he, he went didn't in? take like, a it snap? In, it's the whole thing is insane. Uh, he was great running the football uh, all day. He bailed them out in a lot of key situations right. with his legs. Um, the only other one uh, to note is Alexander Madison. Um, the big receiving touchdown, um, you know, kind of helped him quite a bit. He was, you know, pretty efficient uh, through the air, very much so not efficient on the ground. But nonetheless, you got 40 plus uh, yards both ways, a touchdown. That'll get you points. And we've come um, to expect him to not be efficient on the ground. I think that's part of the problem is that he never was and never has been an efficient player, but because he always got volume filling in for Delvin Cook when Delvin Cook was out, he got us fantasy points and everybody got all hot and bothered and excited when he came in this season as the starter. Cam Akers, today's injury aside, continues to look to me and to I think most other people, I test-wise, like the better back. Now we're not in the facility every day. We don't we don't know what Kevin O'Connell's plans necessarily are, but um, and we'll have to see what this Acres injury is going forward here. Uh, but yeah, like you said though, Alexander Madison, he he got your top ten type points today. Uh, had you know had the real nice you know like you said catch and run on the receiving touchdown there, seventeen point three points for you today. Uh, so yeah, I, I, we can get we can throw him an honorary one here. Uh, in terms of zeros, listen. I'm going to continue to give an honorary zero every single week to Arthur Smith. Um, I believe it was field Yates tweeted out. Somebody tweeted out right after the fumble that they returned, that the Falcons returned to the one yard line. They had a false start penalty. Then they tried to pass to Johnny Smith. That didn't work over the middle. Then they tried an end around with Johnny Smith because he's the kind of guy you want to run an end around with in the red zone. Uh, B. John Robinson was not on the field for any of those snaps. Just absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, Bijan Robinson has been an a a league. He he's been a team killer right now because you spent first round capital to get him if he's on your team. If you if he's if he's on your team because you traded for him, then you traded away valuable fantasy assets to get him, most likely. And he has just not been allowed to really give you anything because of how he's being used down there. Tyler Algier, again, continued to, you know, he was a top 20 running back today with all his, all with his 11 points, but Bijan Robinson, there getting you 5.9 points. They, they're not putting him on the field in, in high, in all of their high leverage situations. Um, I don't know what their thought process is with him. I don't know why you would draft him where you, where you, drafted him if you're not actually going to use him he was actually more the, the he was actually the more efficient back today he saw more targets today but is not on the field when you want him to be and is not getting the touches that we all want him to get so i'm giving not only the zero unfortunately to Bishon robinson on the day uh but again another zero to arthur smith what the hell are you doing down there do you want to be fired is that is that what you're going for i don't know yeah, no, you're 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 not wrong there. The decision making there is is insane. Um, yeah, they they need to get the ball better to their their uh, star players. Yeah, I, I I just don't get it. I I continue to be absolutely baffled by their usage or or lack thereof of their best players. Now they they split the targets pretty evenly and the playtime pretty evenly between Smith and Pitts today. 
And I'm okay with that because Jonu Smith has performed well this, this year. It's not like, it's not like Jonu Smith is performing necessarily at the expense of Kyle Pitts because you're asking Jonu Smith to do things that you don't necessarily ask Kyle Pitts to do. But on a day when Drake London was out of the picture as well, I would have thought Kyle Pitts would have been getting more looks, uh, you know, on, on, in terms of his route tree, I would have thought Kyle Pitts would have been getting more looks as a typical wide receiver, you know, as opposed to, you know, throwing the ball to guys like Kaderil Hodge and continuing to put Van Jefferson. I know you traded for Van Jefferson. He is what he is at this point. You guys aren't the magic bullet that's going to, you know, turn him into something either right now. Uh, just bizarre down there. Uh, in terms of notes from this game, KJ Osborne, scary moment there, uh, getting knocked right the heck out in the middle of the field. I mean, guys were, guys were worried. Um, absolutely shocking that he stood up and sat himself on that cart to, to leave the field. Great sign there. I don't think you have him next week. I, I mean, I getting knocked unconscious. It's going to be hard for him to clear concussion protocol. I would think here uh, in a week, but uh, you know, and so something to monitor there uh, definitely something to look for there. Uh, you got any other notes or anything else you wanted to talk about from this game? I mean, Jet Dodge yeah. is the guy going forward, but right. Yeah. I, I think, and it sucks for Jaron Hall because he did look good starting off the game. So the injury is super unfortunate, but after that game, there's no way you can take it away from Dobbs. Um, other things to note, we we've kind of talked around it a little bit, um, but acres, there is uh, some indication that could end up being an Achilles, which one for him, super, super unfortunate. Um, to have that happen again. Uh, and then two, I guess that makes things a little safer for Madison moving forward, or at least in the immediate future. And especially with it being just past the trade deadline, there's no replacement for him. Uh, right. The, the well, yeah, running, and it, so. it, w- it wouldn't matter if Ty Chandler came in and, and ripped off six 50-yard runs next week. They're still going to continue to plot along with Alexander Madison whenever they, whenever they can. So, yeah, Cam, yeah, Cam Akers, something to watch there, something to look for. Uh, and, and keep an eye on if you've got him or if you were hoping he was going to make the uh, make the flip there and flip that, turn that backfield over. Um, again, though, TJ Hawkinson had a top 10 day. Uh, you, like you said, Jaron Hall was looking, he didn't look bad while he was in there. Completed five or six passes, 78 yards there. He had a couple of, you know, decent rushes, he, you know, 11 yards rushing there. Just, hey, he got hit hard at the goal line trying to make a play got knocked out, you know, of the game and Josh Dobbs comes in and, and puts on a, puts a signature moment on it. Now he'll have an entire week to actually take snaps and throw the ball to guys and learn their names. Um, he's the guy going forward, but I think that it bore out today. Jordan Addison only had 10 points, but still that, that was wide receiver 25 on the day so far. I mean, like we said, bringing Josh Dobbs in should keep those guys fantasy relevant. So, you know, feel good about things that way, uh, folks, if you know, it, if you had Josh Dobbs and you stashed him on your bench, you know, waiting on it, you probably made the right move. I mean, depending on what your other quarterback options are, but uh, he's definitely going to be the best option for the rest of their fantasy prospects going forward. And Hey, they won the game today. They kept themselves in their playoff position. So it also bodes well for the possibility of getting Jefferson back uh, at some point later this season as well. From Josh Dobbs' new home in uh, Minnesota, his old home there. <laughs> home, actually. Arizona visiting Cleveland, getting shut the hell out. 
by the Browns today. I don't think that shocked anybody necessarily, but uh, it was an absolute and complete and total beat down uh, there in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson, the will he, won't he, will he, won't he guy of the year so far in terms of playing, um, actually did play today, actually played like a quarterback today. But uh, let's look at, at who we think might have actually been a, a, a hero and or zero other than, you know, the the savior of the Cleveland quarterback room and Deshaun Watson. Heroes and zeros. Heroes in this game. I, I refuse to give Deshaun Watson a hero uh, for actually just coming in and playing the game and throwing the ball like a actual quarterback. He didn't have a great stat line, uh, you know, to begin with. I mean, it was, it was adequate. He had an adequate game, 19 of 30, 219 yards, couple of scores, didn't turn the ball over. Good work. That's what they hired you to do at a bare ass minimum, dude. Um, but his receiver, Amari Cooper here uh, in this game, Great, you know, had a had a phenomenal game. Five targets, five catches, 139 yards, score long of 59. There got you 24.9 fantasy points, a top five day for him so far. Uh, did look like he got a little bit banged up, so it's something we'll want to keep an eye on here moving forward. But uh, yeah, Amari Cooper, the only real hero I can hand out in this game here. You got anybody else you wanted to add there or talk about there? I mean, probably relative to what you paid to get him and relative to expectations. I guess you got to throw Kareem Hunt in there just for falling into the end zone. He got you exactly what you're looking for if you were <laughs> right. uh, forced to flex him. Um, you know, you fingers crossed he falls in the end zone, and that's what you got out of him. So, um, yep. Oops, he did it again. Yep, an honorary uh, there. Right, yeah. Between him and Jerome Ford, Jerome Ford played uh, the back the backfield, you know, breakdown looked exactly like what we thought it would Jerome Ford got the bulk of the carries. They did try, they did run the ball, you know, a lot today because that's what they could do. They were up the whole damned game. Um, but Jerome Ford also, I, you know, I think uh, a positive sign for him going forward, seven targets today in a game where they led the whole damn time. I said all preseason, we've said kind of earlier this season, when this offense is operating the way they want it, they want to throw the ball to the running back, regardless of whom that is. Nick Chubb's out. Sorry. It sucked, but he's, he's out, but it hasn't been the Kareem hunt show since they re-signed him in terms of the, the targets necessarily when Jerome Ford is healthy, he is by far the back in the backfield. Like you said, hunt come, you know, comes in and falls into the end zone outrushed him a bit today in terms of his average. Neither one of them looked spectacular, but I think positive sign for Jerome Ford owners uh, of which I am one across many, many leagues that, like I said, not only did he have 20 carries today, but he had seven targets caught five of them. So uh, if you can get that kind of usage out of him going forward, he's going to be the one to fall in the end zone occasionally as well. Uh, good sign for him. And like I said, he was a running back two today. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to, you know, touch on from this game? I mean, Clayton tune, Listen, he's the zero for the day, Clayton Toon, but I mean, did we really expect anything from Clayton Toon today? I don't think anybody did. Um, everybody else kind of gave you exactly where you thought you were going to get, especially with Clayton Toon playing. Um, next week, there's a good chance that we see either or both of Kyler Murray and James Conner come back for this Arizona team, which at least should boost their fantasy uh, you know, prospects in Arizona and should at least make them a bit more watchable for fans of the Arizona Cardinals who have the package down there in, in, in Arizona in the desert. Um, I can't guarantee it's going to lead to any more wins folks. It's just the reality of their situation down there. But uh, you, you could get, like I said, if they don't get Kyler Murray back next week, they don't get him back because they have to activate him 
you know, because of his, his window coming off of the list. Uh, but James Conner looks like he might be able to come back as well. Uh, keep in mind, they have a week 14 buy, so you're not going to get all the usage out of them that you might be able to, but it's about the only positive news that I've got for anybody in Arizona. It's about the only thing that I really have left to talk about in this game, unless you've got something else you wanted to bring up. I, you pretty much hit it, but just to, to say it out loud, um, it's, it would be very, very difficult. You would have to be very, very desperate to play Hollywood if uh, Kyler doesn't come back next week. Yeah, no, definitely. I, Marquise Brown today, only 6.4 points, you know, for you fantasy wise. Um, there's just, there's not a lot of value in that offense and that passing attack from anybody, uh, especially now that Josh Dobbs is out of town. If it's not Kyler Murray, I, yeah, I don't want any part of, of that offense pretty much across the board, except maybe James Conner, because James Conner stays on the field all the time when he's healthy. He doesn't come off the field for passing downs because he's a pass catching back and he's their early down running back. There's really no competition for him there, literally. Amari DiMarcato missed the game today. Uh, Keontae Ingram didn't do anything. They really, you know, I mean, Tony Jones Jr., who I honestly, I'm not sure I even knew was on their roster, was their leading, you know, her was their leading point getter, at least in the backfield today because of a couple of receptions. So yeah, not an offense. I want anything to do with unless Kyler can come back next week. So something to keep an eye on if, uh, you know, if you can't get Kyler Murray back next week, anything anybody would want to give you for Hollywood might be worth it there. So let's take a look at our. Don't want to claw my eyes out this week talking about it because it's the Rams at Green Bay and Green Bay actually won a football game. Now it took a, uh, a very, very subpar, even for him, performance from a backup quarterback here in Rippon, um, but they won the game. Hey, um, I'll take it uh, because positives have been hard to come by up here in the Great White North uh, lately. But uh, heroes from this game, I don't know. Let's take Heroes and zeros. Aaron Jones finally giving you running back one production. He didn't give you necessarily the points that you would normally associate with running back one production, but in today's, uh, you know, running back starved world and with the low amount of fantasy points scored today, uh, 17.9 points from Aaron Jones got you a top 10 day from him. So uh, kind of maybe, and you know, also, Hey, he actually got used. So there's a hero moment. Uh, the other honorary hero that I'll hand out here, even though it wasn't, uh, I mean, uh, stellar performance. Luke Musgrave got his first career touchdown today. Got you top 10 fantasy points at the tight end position as well. I had him as a top 12 play to begin with, but uh, you know, outside of that, there was nothing anybody wanted to probably watch in this game. You got any heroes or anything you wanted to add to them before we go on to our possible zeros from this game? No, um, I, I'll give an honorary or just like a kudos to Jordan Love who completed a high percentage of his passes, uh, you know, was keeping the ball um, on his team's ball. Um, so <laughs> right. overall, it, it's at least some promising, uh, a promising performance. Yeah. After, after throwing uh, at least one, if not multiple interceptions in five straight games here. Yeah. You, like you said, he, uh, he held on to the damn ball today. He threw it to the guys in green as opposed to anyone else. Um, and yeah, and, and, and had himself an okay day today. I mean, 20 out of 26, like you said, 77% completion percentage is about 20 points more than, than he'd been averaging for the entire year. He came in last among starting quarterbacks in the league, I believe, uh, 
on the season for, for completion percentage uh, and was literally about 20 points higher than his season completion percentage had shown. Um, I had him ranked at 13 coming into the day. He uh, finished his game at least coming into the night game here at quarterback 14. So right about where we had him pegged, but uh, yeah, got him, got his team a win, held onto the damn ball for once. Uh, I like that zeros. Uh, I mean, again, you got what you thought you were going to get out of Brett Rippon. You didn't get anything all that great out of Daryl Henderson or Royce Freeman, but you weren't really expecting that when they announced that Brett Rippon was going to be your, your starter there. Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua had terrible days, but again, with Brett Rippon throwing on the ball, you never knew what was going to happen. I guess if I have to give a zero out, I'm, I'm going to give a zero out to Christian Watson because I'm, uh, uh, I'm frustrated with him as a, as a Packer fan. Uh, because he just has not given us anything. And as a, as a fantasy owner who does have him actually in a couple of different leagues here, um, he didn't give you anything until real late in that game. And what he did give you wasn't enough to justify actually starting him right now. Uh, in fact, uh, ev literally every other receiver that they pretty much have on the roster that's, that's worth talking about. Even Don Tavian Wicks outscored him today. Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jaden Reed was their top scoring, uh, wide receiver of the day with only seven points. Um, really that whole wide receiver core has been, has been a limiting factor on that team. I think they've even limited Jordan love. I don't necessarily think Jordan love has always been the limiting factor on the team. It's the fact that he's just, he's thrown to a bunch of guys who are first and second year. They've got about as much combined NFL experience in that room as the two of us do. So, I mean, until and unless they can grow together, it's going to continue to look that way. But Christian Watson, a guy that a lot of people had high hopes for, not only was he injured right away, of course, early in the year, uh, but then just really hasn't been a factor when he's been on the field in, in any way, shape, or form outside of maybe a couple of flashpoint moments. Any other zeros for you here in this game? Um, Yeah, no, not for zeros. I think, uh, you know, like you said, uh hard to not look at the stat line for a cup or a puka and not give them a zero. But uh, when your quarterback completes less than half their passes for 130 <laughs> yards and throwing a pick, I think you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I, this was not a fun or pretty game to watch. Honestly, in my market, I live in the uh, Minnesota market anyway, so we didn't get the Packer game. All, all I was seeing of the Packer game was the highlights that were <laughs> the highlights that showed up every 20 minutes or so on uh, NFL red zone. But yeah, just a rough day all around there for, for Brett Rippon and, and for the Rams. Um, honestly, they were, they were, they were probably pretty lucky to be able to get the in position to grab their field goal there that they did. Um, but yeah, better days are ahead for Cooper cup and Puka Nakua. Obviously they're both too talented, uh, you know, to, to bench or sit, uh, I guess, unless, you know, this Stafford thing turns into a, a, a long-term injury. We talked about it a bit the other night, Wednesday night, and it, it's going to be a matter of him gripping the football. It's not about toughness with Matt Stafford. We know that Matt Stafford is one of the toughest sons of guns in the entire league, regardless of position. And I'll argue that with anybody, but you know, the man still has to be able to grip the ball to be able to throw it. And it's, you can't really numb the hand up either when you're a quarterback and have to be able to feel the ball and throw it. So it's going to be a matter of, can he, you know, can he come back if he doesn't, now you can talk about the idea of sitting a Puka Nakua. Um, you can talk about, you know, maybe um, if you can get something for Cup, but keep an eye on that Stafford injury, I think, because uh, he, that's really going to limit a couple of guys that have been big guns for you this season so far in Cooper and Puka Nakua. Or uh, Cup or Coop, as my four-year-old calls, calls him. 
it's one of his favorite players, but he has a hard time saying that name the straight way. So any other notes you want to flash from this game before we move on here? Uh, no, I think you covered it. There we go. All right. Okay, we had the uh, the all patriotic showdown here. We had the uh, the team from our nation's capital, the Washington Commanders, facing the New England Patriots in Boston. It was the uh, the all Revolutionary War matchup there, uh, up in New England. And uh, hey, a little bit more entertaining game, I think, than I mean, I was expecting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what any, <laughs> what you thought of any of it, but I was not necessarily expecting a, a game that you know was going to be close enough and and with enough chances at the end there to be actually fun to watch in some ways uh but uh you know again i this 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 is not your this is not your older brother's patriots team necessarily uh with mac jones at the helm and uh bill belichick and and bill o'brien do not look like the uh the juggernaut uh, you know team that we kind of thought that, you know, or that we've seen had seen them be in the past that we kind of maybe misremembered when they got back together this year. Uh, let's take a look at, you know, what we think of the performances from this game. Heroes and zeros. My hero for the day is going to start with Ramondre Stevenson. He's your uh, running back two on the day. And I don't think that you can, uh, really you know talk about this game at all without bringing up the fact that, you know, the man finally had, you know, the day that we were hoping when we drafted him uh, and looked almost like the guy that, that we had last season, uh, nine carries 87 yards and a score there, uh, four catches on six targets for another 42 yards. I mean, th- please keep doing that. Keep giving him the four, four catches, six targets kind of thing. Keep using him that way. Keep funneling him the ball when he's being effective. He's your best offensive weapon. He really is uh, at any position. I don't, I don't care if you want to talk about any of the quarterbacks, if you want to talk about any of their wide receivers, if you want to talk about either of their, their tight ends. They've got Hunter Henry's a fine player and, and Demario Douglas is fun. And Juju Smith Schuster has been a good dude in the past, but he's now he's just Juju. Ramondre Stevenson's your best offensive player. You've got to use him and you've got to put the ball through him. Uh, if you want to reach the end zone at all, uh, had a good day today. Got to 22, uh, almost 23 points. Like I said, running back two on the day so far. Um, he is by far my hero of the day from this game. Uh, who else are you looking at here? Um. Otherwise, uh, I, I think you got to give a shout out to Demario Douglas. Uh, pretty good game from him. Kind of, you know, not much uh, on him coming out of Liberty. Uh, slowly been more and more involved in this offense and did lead the Patriots in receiving. Uh, not necessarily a hero performance, but definitely one, uh, you know, worth keeping in mind. Um, and then Brian Robinson has continued to do what he's been doing all year long. Uh, got into the end zone, uh, got the bulk of the carries. You feel good playing him, even though if you know it's not always going to be the prettiest stat line. Uh, he, he finds a way to get points more often than not. Yeah. Yeah, he got and he got his points on the ground, uh, like we expect him to. And honestly, Antonio Gibson outscored him uh, by virtue of catching all five of his targets today and got yardage through the air. So, it's, I mean, this is what we kind of expected the Washington backfield to look like all season. We just haven't seen enough consistent production out of honestly either of them necessarily. But for sure, Gibson has been one that's that's disappointed after he there was a lot of talk about him in the preseason 
especially with uh, Eric Bianami coming over and being the new, the new offensive coordinator. Uh, we kind of figured that Gibson might take that McKinnon role that we had seen uh, be so successful in Kansas city. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, again, today they, they both were top 20 running backs today. So yeah, a lot of fun there in the Washington backfield. Uh, Demario Douglas, a guy, listen, this is a team where there's an opportunity here for someone to step up and be the number one guy. Now, it's still Mac Jones throwing you the football. It's still the New England offense. So I don't necessarily know that the number one in New England is a number one for you, but the number one there is a usable fantasy piece. Uh, we saw that with Kendrick Bourne this season before his injury. He was he had emerged as the top option there, and he was a usable wide receiver two flexish type back. Uh now, Juju Smith-Schuster, we've seen be that guy in the past. He hasn't necessarily looked like it all that much lately. He was the guy that you could argue if anybody was the number one guy that emerged in, in Kansas City last year, it was Juju. Now he's gone, and they still don't have a number one. Um, I'm not excited about playing Juju Smith-Schuster. We all know what my thoughts are on Devontae Parker, so we're not going to talk about him because, you know, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the 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 – the, what I, whatever the curse is that you're supposed to do for him. Cause I am not a Devonte Parker fan. I got burned too many times, too many years ago, too many years ago. And so I'm done with him, but uh, there is an opportunity here for somebody to step up and Demario Douglas has, has worked hard and yeah, has kind of outplayed his profile to some extent, but he is doing it. He is outplaying the profile and he is, he is coming up with it. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you need to, you know, that you need to keep an eye on there from a fantasy standpoint. You might be able to jump in there and get something like that. You know, he might be available. He should be available in a lot of your leagues, most likely, I would think. So he'd be out there. Um, we got a couple of questions here from viewer Josh here. We'll, we'll jump on real quick here. He wants to know if we think Aaron Jones and JT, I'm assuming he means Jonathan Taylor. Do you think their success will continue? Uh, go ahead and field that one there. Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor their success. Is it going to continue in their current uh, offensive environments there? Um, I, I think it depends uh, for both of them. And I, I think that they have a lot of the same fears uh, and that they are backs that make some money. Uh, and these are teams that are not necessarily super, super uh, competitive, of course, wins for both of them today. Uh, so that makes things a little bit nicer. Uh, I just wonder if the workload, especially with both of them having other backs that like um, what, whether, you know, say what you want about your Zach boss and your AJ Dillon, but the teams like them. Um, so I, I think that makes things difficult. You know, does the workload remain that being said, Aaron Jones, I, I think it's pretty clear um, that he is the best offensive player on the Packers or at least best skill position player. Yes. Maybe I should say. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is probably the same uh, for the Colts um, and, and has been efficient kind of up until this week. Uh, where he did get in the end zone, but on the ground wasn't very efficient. Um, so I think both of them, you feel pretty good about where they're headed from a fantasy perspective. I think that it's going to be better um, in the future for Aaron Jones. And it's been, you know, we've been all topsy-turvy with him. He got volume this week. I think that feels pretty good. And That was the key. Um, that was yeah, the key. While Jonathan Taylor didn't get obscene volume this week, uh, he was clearly above Zach Moss this week. And that's progress for him kind of towards you being confident and playing him every week. Uh, yes. and he, he's been ripping plays in, in moderate playing time, uh, ripping off big plays, uh, you know, while he's been competing with Zach Moss. The more he gets uh, the lead role, 
uh, I think the better you're going to feel about playing him week in, week out. All right, so Josh did have an ulterior motive for wondering about Aaron Jones and JT's success going forward because, as he asks here, if we see any potential major issues in his 20-team PPR roster, looks like his starters here are Lamar, JT, Jones, Tyreek Hill, Christian Kirk, Kittle, and DJ Moore. Wants, he says he's currently in second place, so he's wondering if there's any uh, trades or should he sit. My take on it is, dude, it's a 20-team it's a 20-team league. So it's going to be hard to outdo. I mean, you've got a nice roster and you're sitting second overall to begin with. Now you should always be looking to upgrade your roster. I don't know who's on your bench. I don't necessarily need to know who's on your bench. This, these are the guys who you have, right? This is your top lineup right now. I'm, I'm sure of it. You don't have any, unless you've got the sun God or somebody sitting on your bench, but you would have mentioned him. Um, Christian Kirk and DJ Moore. Christian Kirk's been performing just fine. DJ Moore was great early in the season when he had, when he had Justin Fields there, he doesn't seem to quite have that same connection with, with secret agent man, but Justin Fields may or may not be coming back here soon. Kittle is going to be, Kittle's going to be you know up and down. He's that's just the nature of their offenses. He's going to be up and down. He's going to have weeks where he's a top three tight end scoring wise. And he's going to have weeks where he's, he's down a bit because the, passes went elsewhere or he had to block or whatever. Um, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you could get something a little more consistent right now for either Kirk or more and upgrade one of those two, it might help you out a little bit. Otherwise, I mean, Hey, like you said, you're in a 20 team league and you're in second place. I don't think you're doing too bad. And he sends us the number one guys roster here with Allen and, and yeah, canine and then Moss and Brown. I mean, yeah, you've got the better option between Moss and Taylor. Like, like we just said, he's got a nice receiving core. He lucked out with Laporta being so good, but uh, I mean, yeah, you, do you have a chance to take the title from him? Heck yeah. You got a chance there. Says he's got pop Douglas on the bench. That's about the only decent guy. Yeah. 20 team league. It's hard to have a deep bench, dude. It's hard to have a deep bench. He's got Everton Williams. Yeah. I mean, Jamison Williams is going to be what he's going to be. I, I think he still maintains his role, even though they just traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Do you see anything, or is there anything you'd make a move for him there off of that roster with uh, with Kittle, Kirk? No, that Moore? feels really good for a 20-team uh, league, uh, You know, given how many teams are in that. Uh, and, yeah, I think there's a lot of pathways for you to pass uh, on first. I mean, uh, K-9, you know, you, you've seen injuries quite a bit, and you could see second-round pick Charbonnet kind of as we get deeper in the season. Eat in uh, his workload, yeah. Eat in a little bit. Uh, very, very possible. Uh, you could obviously see Jonathan Taylor pass up Zach Moss more and more. Um, so there are a lot of pathways where you get in front, get in front of that first place team. Yeah, um, no, so I, I think you've really got as good a shot as anybody, man. You got you're sitting well. You did a nice job building a roster there in a 20 team league. Um, and good luck to you. And hey, thanks for tuning in, Josh. We appreciate it. Um, okay, so hey, back to this Washington New England game here. Um, zeros on the day. I don't know that we really didn't get anything from anybody that we thought we were not going to get. I mean, you didn't get Curtis Samuel playing cause he was out, but that's, you know, that's no fault of his Mac Jones gave you exactly what you thought you were going to get. I guess Mike Gesicki gave you a literal zero, but again, nobody in their right mind was really playing Mike Gesicki in their lineups unless they absolutely had to anyway. Did you, do you see it any different here today? Yeah, no, there's nobody who uh, I was dying to play. I mean, (laughs) the closest thing that you could say to a zero is Logan Thomas has been someone that has been, uh, you know, a waiver tight end guy that a lot of people have liked to play for bye weeks and uh, injuries and whatnot, uh, pick up and play. Uh, And, you know, down week for him. uh, 7.1 points, and it was a weird scoring day, like we said, for tight end. I mean, tight ends were 
scoring through their noses today. It was it was it was crazy today. Mm-hmm. So one last note here from Josh. It just pops up. He says he traded for just about everybody uh, except for Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, no, you've done a very nice job of putting together a roster. If that's the case, dude. Uh, so yeah, good luck to you here. Let's uh, let's move on here and take a look at our next. <laughs> Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints. Again, uh, kind of a weirdly entertaining game that I don't think a whole lot of us saw coming. Uh, Tyson Bagent, Bagent, secret Bagent man, gets the start there again in Chicago. Um, They left Justin Fields as doubtful right up until the last-ass minute, but I think everybody kind of figured this was going to be uh, a Tyson Bagent game. I I wouldn't think anybody had Fields in their lineup, anybody who was actually still paying attention anyway. Uh, But uh, you know, hey, 24-17, a one-score game for in New Orleans, I think is better showing than a lot of people figured what happened from the Bears there. Um, what did you what did you make of this game? Did I don't know if you got a chance to watch a whole lot of it or if you saw the the highlights on Red Zone, like I said, NFL Red Zone, the the savior of ever, of people like us on game day. So yeah, no, I was watching Red Zone as well. Uh peeked in here here and there else. Um for other reasons, trying to see fantasy stuff and bets. Uh, but most of it was watching through red zone. Um, that being said, uh, I know he didn't have a great game. Uh, Badgett du- is going to have some staying power in the league. And I think for someone who came in the way that he did, you know, wasn't from a big school or anything, um, you know, he's certainly not a starting quarterback. They're certainly going to go back to Justin Fields. And it's, there's no like question of him, like getting a job or anything like that. But to hang around as a backup and, you know, we'll probably be seeing his name as a starter around this time of year again, at some point or another. Uh, I think that's probably a win for him or what, what his expectations were as a rookie. Like he's, he's made it past the staying around on the roster and now like, okay, probably going to find him himself in positions to be backup quarterbacks uh, a lot of the times. Yeah, he is. He is now. I mean, he is now several pages removed from the bottom of the list in terms of career NFL players because he's got starting experience right. now, which is something a lot of backups in this league do not and will not. And a, a lot of guys who are a lot more touted than him coming out, and guys who had a lot more in theoretically successful college careers at higher levels. Anyway, I mean, you're you are talking about the guy who has the all time. Uh, passing touchdown record in collegiate football for any level there. I mean, so it's not a guy who didn't do squat in college. He just did it at a lower level than most of us look at as viable for the NFL game at that position. We've seen D three receivers and linemen and tight ends and then make it in the league before and defenders Uh, to see a guy at quarterback who, like we said, was, what was it? Eight sacks against the the Colorado school of the mines last season, which still sounds like a made up school right next to the little sisters of the poor. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you completely that he, there is staying power in his league room. He has shown he is an NFL caliber player. He's not a great quarterback. He's not going to be Brock Purdy. Um, but no one really has ever been Brock right. Purdy except for Brock Purdy. And then the one that we always talk about as being the greatest of all time now, uh, but you don't find Tom Brady's everywhere. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you completely gave you a top 10 day, you know, by the time that, you know, he got off the field today in a losing effort through you three interceptions. But again, for a tough, in a, in a tough situation with 
with not a ton of offensive talent around him necessarily. And, and being a, being in a rough situation, I'm not, I don't have a ton of faith in his coaching staff. I agree with you that uh, Tyson Badgett's going to be a thing in this league. He's, 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 he should be able to stick around and put together He's better to watch that, than Ripian or DeVito or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tune or some of these other guys. Who got to start today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the offense is going to produce and we'll talk about, I mean, our, our hero that I, I presume we'll talk about and, uh, uh, our hero in Cole Komet. Uh, double in the end zone. Sorry, blanking right. on the name there. Um, but yeah, he's able to get keep guys fantasy relevant. You know, you maybe didn't get from DJ Moore what you wanted today. Um, but some of these guys stay relevant. And we talked right. about Clayton Toon, can't play Hollywood. Bet Ripian, can't play Cooper Cup or Puka. Yeah, what uh, the... <laughs> You and but, I could get out there and find a way to find the two most, ta- yeah, the, the, the most talented duo this season so far. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Let's talk about those heroes. Heroes and zeros. Up the one that we want to start with here in Cole Komet, uh, 23 and a half points there, tight end two on the day. If uh, if you're following along at home there, found himself in the end zone a couple of times. Uh, had, had a real nice day, put together a real nice day today. Six, uh, six catches on eight targets, only 55 yards. I mean, but they're not, they don't push the ball down the field necessarily with Cole Komet anyway. Uh, long, long reception of 18 yards, but found himself in the end zone twice, caught the passes that were thrown to him. And on a day when tight ends were scoring, uh, at, you know, at a, at a fast and furious pace, uh, he kept pace and, uh, actually set the pace for a while with 23 and a half points. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with Cole Komet there. He was their He was their most consistent, uh, target, you know, on the day and their most consistent offensive weapon, uh, in terms of, you know, when they needed him there. Um, other guy I'll shout out, even though again, nobody probably really played him or thought about playing him much. Darnell Mooney, five catches on six targets for 82 yards. Didn't score, but had a couple of, you know, had a couple of real nice plays for them. A 38 yard, uh, you know, catch and run at one point there where he just kind of split everybody and ran through everyone. Um, so 13.2 fantasy points from him on the day. Um, Darnell Mooney, a guy that a couple of years ago we we saw be a you know a, a startable fantasy wide receiver there, um, and had had himself a nice day. It's, it's his it was his best game since week one when he uh, actually scored his only score of the year so far. Uh, and without getting in the end zone today, he puts together a double digit day for you and finds himself in uh, in scoreable territory and startable territory. So shout out to Darnell Mooney as well. Uh, anybody else from this game you want to look at as a, as a hero here? Yeah, Taysom Hill continues to be a guy that, uh, you know, you're playing at the tight end spot. He threw a touchdown. He did catch one for once, um, but also, you know, led the team in rushing. Um, <laughs> they used him all over the place. He actually did get really good volume. And, you know, I with him, it's always like a, oh, is he real? Oh, are they going to keep using him? Oh, are they going to keep using this package? Day. Or are they going to move away from it? Or what's going to happen? been a few weeks in a row now it feels like he's someone that i really want to have in my starting lineup because they get close to the red zone it's like all right (laughs) car you throw the ball down the field but once we get in this area we just want to find the way a way to involve Taysom hill through a touchdown as i said on wednesday night what they need to start doing is having their one tight end Taysom Hill throw touchdowns to their other tight end Jawan Johnson that's exactly what you got today Taysom Hill caught a touchdown 
threw a touchdown, just about ran for one and probably should have run for one or several because that's how they use him. Uh, just a phenomenal day. 20.62 fantasy points there as that jack of all trades, uh, Swiss army knife type player that he is. Uh, that's quarterback f- before this night game here. That was quarterback five on the day, but it was tight end six on the day. How weird is that? That 20, 20 and a half points essentially were a high, ranked him higher on the list of quarterbacks than it did on the list of tight ends. That's how weird and out their asses the tight ends scored this today. But uh, yeah, Taysom Hill, regardless of where you are, where he's eligible, uh, Dan was a little bit shocked that he was still eligible, I think, at quarterback in a couple of leagues. But uh, there are several platforms that I, I've played on. Uh, he's still eligible at quarterback. Uh, he's listed uh, under st- on the stat lines. He's listed at quarterback on, let's say, like fantasy data. Um, so if you've got, he's got that dual, uh, he's got that dual eligibility that where you can use him back and forth depending on your platform. And yeah, a guy that if you can get that kind of thing right now at tight end today's weird scoring system aside, uh, yeah, he's a guy that you could argue should be in lineups right now because he's been so consistent and he has been scoring left and right. He just, he has been finding the end zone one way or another, either through the air by catching it on the ground, by running it through the air, by throwing the damn thing. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do. Uh, he looks just as good as he, as he ever has. And he's 33 years old, but the way that they use him and the athleticism and the talent, the, the skill set that he possesses really is unlike just about any other football football player in the game. So yeah, no, I agree. Taysom Hill right there. Uh, and Hey, shout out to Chris Olave for getting in the end zone, giving you a top 10 day, the top 10 day that you drafted him to give you finally for one, um, zeros for this game. Uh, I don't outside of DJ Moore, who was outside the top 50 in, in wide receiver, uh, rankings, I mean, not rankings, but well, yeah, rankings by the end of the day didn't come in as such. We had him as a, as a wide receiver too. Um, didn't give you anything, uh, my other zero here I'll give is Michael Thomas. One damned target on the day didn't catch it, gave you a literal zero. Um, Rashid Shahid didn't give you a whole hell of a lot today, but Rashid Shahid, you know, is going to be up and down, and you know he's going to be Deshaun Jackson type, you know, and occasionally he's going to catch an 80 yard touchdown, and occasionally he's going to catch three balls for 32 yards and not give you any points. Um, but Michael Thomas, there, a guy that we have been expecting to get something out of here and have seen him, you know be, you know, be their number two option in the pass game and, and, and in the red zone there, uh, nothing on, on a single, uh, single target today. Any, any other zeros from this game or anything else that disappointed you from this game? Yeah. Uh, I, I think Roshan Johnson's worth bringing up. I think there were probably some people out there who may be like a desperate flex, um, just because I, I think people didn't quite realize the split was going to be as extreme, uh, as it was at one reception, two carries, while uh you know the other back got 20 carries can um, we so yeah and and very can we get rid of darrington evans please right what right. darrington evans i'm sure you're a good dude and your mother loves you dude but get just get off my field so that we can get rashawn johnson in there and yeah and De- deontay foreman like you said 20 more carries today didn't see a target uh but 20 more carries today 83 yards led that backfield again and continues to prove that, like I said, Deontay Foreman is, he's, he's kind of becoming the, uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the running back position where they, people can bring him in and he can fill in for you as a starter 
if and when you need it. That's what he's done literally with the last three stops that he's made in Tennessee. When King Henry went out, he felt he rose to the top of that backfield ahead of Adrian Peterson and, and others. Uh, last year, he was there when CMC got traded to San Francisco, took over and was phenomenal in that role. And again, this season, after being a healthy scratch a couple times early in the year, takes over now that Khalil Herbert is out and has led that backfield and has looked like the best of the bunch so far. Um, you know, Rashawn Johnson now was injured and didn't necessarily have a chance to didn't wasn't able to grab the opportunity that was there in front of him. But now that he is back, not getting near the usage that we kind of all I think hoped we were going to get out of him. So yeah, I know uh, I agree with that too. That yeah, you definitely definitely did not see what you wanted to see out of him. And when he was the th- by far the third running back in terms of scoring, at least, but also usage as well uh, behind Darrington Evans of all flipping people. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a big ouch there. So anything else, any other notes or anything else that struck you from this game going forward that you want to look at for, for next week or going forward? I mean, I don't know when Justin Fields is going to be back. I don't know that Justin Fields knows when he's going to be back. I don't know that the Bears yeah. know when he's going to be back. I, I think that's tough. Uh, I, I will say that when he does come back, if Deontha Foreman's still the back, as in if Khalil Herbert um, doesn't come back, because I think at this point that's all that's going to de- displace uh, Deonta Foreman. But when Fields comes back, whoever's that lead back, I think, is going to have some some pretty respectable valuable value. Uh, because yeah. you already saw Deontay Foreman run really well uh, this game. He was an efficient back. He just didn't with get in the no end zone. threat. Yeah, um, and I, I think with Justin Fields, uh, you know, that's going to allow them to be pushing the ball down the field a little bit more often. Not only that, but you start running that RPO a little bit with with Justin Fields as the threat, and you know, I mean, you can't do it necessarily with Tyson. Ba- Although Tyson Batchin didn't have a terrible day great running day, the damn great football. Great day running the ball. No yeah. Justin Fields, yeah. but. Yeah, no, he's not Justin Fields, but I mean, yeah, he, I mean, 70 yards. Hell yeah. I mean, out of your quarterback, I'll, yeah, I'll, I would take that, but uh, he's not Justin Fields and he's not the threat that Justin Fields is. So you start running the RPO with Justin Fields in the backfield. Now you might be able to start. Yeah. Like you said, whoever is that lead back and whoever is taking those, uh, you know, the other half of those RPOs uh, you know, could, could start to have some real value as, as opposed to just right now, kind of, flexish territory and somebody we're not necessarily excited about playing, but uh, definitely, you know, is out there. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next match. Right. Seattle and Baltimore. Now this is a game that uh, honestly of, of the games in the early slate, this was the one that looked like it would be the game to watch. Um, there were not a whole lot of great matchups in the, in the early slate today, but Seattle and Baltimore, a, a match of a couple of, a couple of at least winning teams finally um, on the day, but uh, didn't turn out to be near the matchup that I think we were all hoping for great big giant ass win here for the, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, 37 to three. They absolutely wiped out Kevin Wilson, my co-host on the Buff belly of fantasy live, his Seahawks uh, just got, smoked today and a big part of that came on the ground um yeah it, th- this one got got out of hand and, and was ugly to watch early so let's just get right heroes and zeros Zero, right uh you know heroes on the day hey 
I got, I got a couple, one of them whom you probably played, especially if you were listening to me and uh, another one who probably was sitting on just about everybody's bench who maybe owned him. And he's probably still sitting on your damned waiver wire out there, but we're going to start with the Baltimore backfield. We're going to look at Gus bus Gus Edwards today. Uh, another top 10 running back day, another two scores, uh, 17.2 fantasy points. Um, kind of define everyone's expectations in terms of what a, what a Baltimore running back is supposed to be able to do, because I think we all think that when they get in close, it's just going to be Lamar Jackson running the football. That has not necessarily always been the case this season. And Gus Edwards finds himself, like I said, in the end zone twice. Uh, hey, if you're going to continue to get that kind of thing going out of, you know, out of him, I mean, that you're going to take that three touchdowns last week, two more this week. He had one the week before that he's been on a little bit of a tear here. He's actually getting, you know, getting some yardage here. He's, he's not getting a ton of yards, but I mean, he's, he averaged 10 yards a carry today at five. He only had five carries. Justice Hill had 13 carries, but Gus Edwards turned his into 52 yards and a pair of scores here. Um, so Gus Edwards gets one of my hero shots. The other one is his backfield mate, the rookie, who uh, had spent most of the time on the injured list this season, came out with an absolute vengeance today. Keaton Mitchell, nine carries, 138 yards. Now, the vast majority bulk of them came on a great big giant-ass touchdown run that he had, but he gives you 20.4 fantasy points, and he was the running back four on the day. Now, like I said, nobody in their right mind in the right fantasy mind, most likely played him unless you were in some kind of ultra deep league or have, you know, like five flexes or something like that. But uh, Keaton Mitchell, Hey, hell of a day. Uh, Explosive gives you a different dynamic, gives you a different look than what Gus Edwards, justice Hill, or even honestly, JK Dobbins would give you if he were healthy. Um, Just is, is a little bit of a, a little bit of a change from what we expect or what we've seen out of Baltimore running backs lately. So those are the two guys that I'm giving heroes to here. Uh, what do you got or what do you, what do you want to, what do you want to point out in the positive from this game? Odell Beckham Jr. kind of showed up a uh, decent game of uh, got in the end zone, uh, five receptions, 52 yards. So, uh, you know, outdid Zay Flowers. Do I expect that to continue? No, but um, Odell finally gets in the end zone as a Raven. Yep. Yeah. He finally, he, he, he did lose a fumble, but that was a real close. I mean, it was, it was at first glance. I didn't know if he, I didn't necessarily think he uh, it was all that egregious fumble, but yeah, like you said, five out of seven there, 56 yards, not a great, not an overly great day, but gets in the end zone as a Raven. Good for you. We've, uh, we've been waiting for that. Uh, definitely took uh, some of the shine off of the rest of their receiving core. Mark Andrews gave you 17 points, was tight end six on the day, but I mean, you were expecting a top 10 or top five type day out of him anyway. So I, I don't think we can afford to give him a, a, you know, a hero necessarily on the day. Uh, nobody else really was all that great. So if we want to move to zeros on the day, um, you could go a couple different directions with zeros in this game. I'm going to start with Zay Flowers though, who finds himself outside of the top 75 uh, receivers. Uh, only you know one catch on one damned target for 11 yards. He got you all of 2.1 PPR points on the day. A guy that I had ranked as a, as a wide receiver too, should have been a great matchup against Seattle. Um, should have been able to actually do something with it. I would have thought and uh, absolutely lays an egg. I don't think it was just because Odell Beckham had a moderately successful day um, and no one else really. I mean, Rashad Bateman caught three catches, had three catches on five targets, which, for the way that Rashad Bateman's uh, performed this year, that qualifies as a veritable explosion. Um, 
but yeah, Zay Flowers definitely not what we were hoping to see out of him and not what we thought we would be seeing out of him um, early in the season. Uh, he, he'd been fairly consistent in terms of his, his performance thus far, but one target, he hadn't seen low, less than fewer than four targets all season in a game and only one target today. He did catch it, but that hurts that it's not what you were hoping for when you played him as a wide receiver two this morning. Exactly. Yep. Anybody else you're, uh, you're zeroing in on here? I got one more I could probably throw in here. I mean, you can pick your anyone you want on the Seahawks outside of Jackson <laughs> Smith and Jigba, and you're, you'd right. be correct. Right. Um, so <laughs> you can throw a dart at anyone over there, like I said, outside of JSN, and, yep. and you're Quite correct. Quite literally. Yep. So, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, both outside the top 50 running backs right now. Neither one of them – I mean, they both gave you – around two and a half points uh, tough matchup with Baltimore, but still dude, come on. It's a team that runs the friggin' football and, and you, yeah, you guys couldn't get us more than a, than a couple of fall forwards. Geno Smith quarterback 28 on the day. Again, got you less than three points. DK Metcalf didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Tyler Lockett didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Now they at least got you six points a piece. Yay. But like you said, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, 12.3 points, found himself as a startable wide receiver on the day, despite everybody else around him failing miserably. Um, didn't even get in the end zone, but did catch six balls uh, on seven targets for 63 yards. So like I said, got you into the double digits at least. Tyler Lockett saw eight targets uh, today, only caught three of them, but, you know, hey, he's still seeing targets. So I guess, you know, there's there's that positive. Now they both, you know, I don't know, they, they, they both were – have been, you know, a little banged up. We're a little banged up coming into this week, but yeah, we've got to have more than that out of a couple of guys that we've come to expect to be starting uh, fantasy wide receivers there. And they've got to have more than that. If they want to maintain their, their, you know, standing atop the NFC West uh, and, and take this thing into the playoffs, there. team that made an actual move to, to shore up their defense here, bringing in Leonard Williams. Um, they were hoping for, for a lot more than this in this game. Uh, kind of a measuring stick matchup with Baltimore and they failed the test miserably, I think. Yeah. Don't disagree at all. Uh, We'll, we'll give some credit to Baltimore though. I I think, um, listen, if you're Seattle, you feel fantastic that this happened to Detroit first. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Just knowing that it's like, all right, Dave, the other first place team sucked too. Probable (laughs) playoff team, like two weeks ago. Right. We know this is a Baltimore team that when they are on their a game, when the defense is a humming, um, when the offense just being super, super efficient, every back outside of Justice Hill had like a ridiculous yards per carry. Um, Lamar didn't do anything incredible, um, but he was 21 of 26. Uh, so let's not take that for granted. Um, on the whole, I think this is one of those, you know, if you're Seattle, you just try to forget about it as soon as possible. Yep. No, flush this, move on. Like, you know, take, take, a, take a page out of Bill's book, Bill Belichick's book. We're moving on to Cincinnati Around. Yep. Do that. Look at next week because this week is over and it counts just the same as if you lost by one. Let's move on. Let's <laughs> speaking of moving on to our next matchup. Yeah. 
right here now the the game that everybody expected to go exactly like this the tampa bay buccaneers and the houston texans a big 39 to 37 win for the texans i think everybody smashed the over when they were betting this this week on this game and everybody expected that your top your literal top scorer at every fantasy position would come from this game right your quarterback one in cj stroud your running back one in rashad white your ride receiver one in tank dell and oh yeah your tight end one in dalton Schultz. I think we all expected them to come from this matchup, right? That's yeah. exactly what we said on Wednesday night. Yeah. Don't fact check us on that. <laughs> yeah. 39 to 37. What a great finish. What a crazy ending to this game. Uh, CJ Stroud. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into it before we get to, uh, you know, play this graphic. Heroes and zeros. Uh, CJ Stroud had us all jumping on the couch with his cape because, yeah, uh, wow, dude. Uh, five more touchdowns today sets the all-time record for for rookie, you know, passing yardage uh, in a game. Just, just an absolutely, uh, you know, an absolute show that he put on today, dancing his little, you know, dancing his way into the end zone and everything. Uh, just, just crazy. Um, 30, 30 passes, three completions on forty-two attempts. 470 yards, like we said, that breaks. I believe they said it was Andrew Luck's record for rookie passing yardage in a game. Um, five touchdowns without a pick. 41.8 fantasy points on the day. That is your quarterback one for the day. Um, C.J. Stroud, I mean, I don't think there are enough superlatives about the way that he has performed. And uh, in fact, when you juxtapose his performance and last week not necessarily withstanding but if you juxtapose his performance thus far on the season with Bryce Young and what he has been able to or not able to do as it were in Carolina I mean Houston made the absolute right call there to uh you know to make the trades that they did last in, in the in last year's draft uh, to you know to not only be able to draft a top defensive player but also then come back around and grab Stroud as well I, how can you give anybody else, you know, the top billing in this game, but CJ Stroud, who else though? I mean, I just said the top, your top fantasy score, at literally every position came from this game, but who else do you want to highlight outside of CJ Stroud here? Or is there more you want to pile on the CJ Stroud bandwagon? Yeah. CJ Stroud was awesome. Uh, every like big moments. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Bunch of big plays. Uh, we talked, you know, in the Seattle game that you could go a billion different ways with the zeros on the Seattle side. You can go <laughs> right. a billion different ways in this game with the heroes. Uh, yeah. I, I do, you know, I, I mean, even for me, I, I love Dalton Schultz. I love Tank Dell. Um, mm-hmm. b- both of those are guys who I was, you know, I have in a lot of spots have had Dalton Schultz. I mean, when he got the job the at the beginning, um, in Dallas, I got him in a bunch of dynasty leagues and I've, I've held on this whole time. Um, but yeah, I, I, both of them were great. Um, but how about tank Dell though? Super, super explosive coming off an injury just a couple weeks ago. He was looking great to start the season um, and back to back giant injury. catches there at the end of that game. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh. massive plays towards the end. Uh, again, super explosive, definitely someone who is, um, Oh, if you have him in a dynasty, you feel really oh, good. And they use him in a, a variety of ways too. They didn't, you know, have anything super spectacular with him on the ground this week. 
but he did still get two carries. So you know that he's one of those guys that they're trying to get the ball in his hands because he's right. an athlete. And yeah, he only caught six balls on the day, but he had 11 targets. So like you said, they are trying to get him the ball and they will look for him and did look for him and found him in the big moments on that big drive there at the end of the game. Um, just, yeah, a phenomenal day for him. Listen, you played Nico Collins today because, you know, he we had him as a running as a wide receiver too, and he got you wide, the fringe wide receiver one, wide receiver two points there uh, with 14, almost 14 and a half points. And Nico Collins wasn't even the second best wide receiver on the team today because Noah Brown exploded for 27.3 points. Was your, was your number three wide receiver on the day coming into this night game today? Um, catches all six of his targets, 153 yards and the, and a score. Um, yeah, that, that's not what you uh, thought you were going to get from Noah Brown. That's not what Noah Brown's mom thought she was going to get from Noah Brown probably. And she's wearing his jersey and cheering for him today, most likely. But I mean, yeah, just a, just a great day all around for that pass game um, between the three top wide receivers, between Dalton Schultz, again, having just a phenomenal day, the kind of day that we all had hoped we might see. I, I was big on Dalton Schultz coming into this year. I was excited for him coming into the year because I thought with the rookie quarterback and C.J. Stroud and knowing the kind of receiver that Dalton Schultz is and the smart smart veteran player that he is that – he'd be somebody CJ Stroud could look for, uh, you know, if, if, you know, if the pass rush was getting to him, if he was, if he was having to make hot reads, if he was you know panicked or whatever, rolling out. Uh, but, you know, CJ Stroud has just been so good uh, up and down the field and, and all over the place, throwing to everybody. I mean, you didn't get what you maybe, you know, you, having Devin Singletary be the guy today or ostensibly the guy today with Damian Pierce out, we didn't get a whole hell of a lot out of their backfield, but we weren't expecting a whole hell of a lot out of their backfield. Uh, you know, I mean, Devin Singletary, I had him ranked at running back 33 coming into the day, and he's was running back 36 as of, you know, as of the start of the night game. So basically we thought that they'd be passing the ball all over. We just didn't think they'd be throwing it for 470 damned yards. <laughs> five scores. I do want to say, uh, you know, Hey, kudos to you, Rashad white for being the, the top running back of the day. Rashad white has actually started to come on a little bit here. Now he is not anybody's uh, idea of their, their you know, ideal fantasy back. He still was not efficient today. Only averaged 3.6 yards of carry, but because they gave him the ball so many damned times because he caught four passes for 46 yards. And because he found himself in the end zone twice, the dude played hard and was a real weapon for them today, quite honestly. I mean, that's that's not a joke, and I don't say that in, it, facetiously in any way. 27.9 points. He had, he had a good day today um, and has has really looked a little bit, you know, he, he has looked better than I than I had been giving him credit for the last couple of weeks. He, this is his third week in a row now with uh, with over with double-digit fantasy points, and, and uh, he's really starting to look maybe like he could be a usable fantasy asset. I still... It's if, in fact, especially after today, I still might want to try and move on to somebody else I have a little bit more confidence in, and you might be able to sell somebody on that because hey, he was a running back one today. Look at that! But uh, good for him. Um, and I, I, you know, hey, Kate Otten again on a crazy day for for tight end scoring. Kate Otten got you twenty three points today. Something I never thought I would say or, or have to think about. And I know Dan will hate me for it when he watches this back later. But Baker Mayfield, hey, dude. Quarterback six on the day. That a way bake. That a baby. Plus, he led a game winning. Uh, he led a game winning drive. It's just his defense then went out and gave up a yep. game 
drive him themselves. So, I mean, you can't pin that loss on Baker in any way, shape, or form. Threw a touchdown with 48 seconds left. He he did everything you can expect him to do in that situation. Did 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 exactly what you could expect him to do. Held on to the football like you know we just talked about it. We we talked about it a while ago with Jordan Love. I mean, 265 yards passing and a couple of scores didn't throw a pick. Had almost 120 quarterback rating. I mean, it was not Baker did not lose that game for them. In fact, like I just said, he won the game for them. It's just his defense went out and let them down against a uh, a kid who's having a pretty magical start to his career in terms of you know statistically and and boding well for the future in Houston in C.J. Stroud there. Uh, zeros on the day. Not a lot from this game, but I am going to give one to Chris Godwin for getting me only three and a half points there today. Um, just, you know, hey, on a day when everybody was throwing the ball all over the damned yard, Chris Godwin only managed two catches on six looks. He, he led the team and he led their wide receivers in targets. He had more targets than Mike Evans. He had more targets than Trey Palmer, but he only caught two of them for 16 yards um, and, and couldn't really get you a whole heck of a lot there. Meanwhile, like I said, Kate Otten with nine targets on the day caught the ball six times. I mean, uh, Chris Godwin been a little bit maddening to have on your roster this year to use because you're never sure if and when he's actually going to come and and produce for you. He's been, I mean, he's been getting you double digit, you know, he's been very locket like. Yeah. He, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But he's he's just he's been getting you double digit points, and he hasn't necessarily been. He hasn't had the connection with Baker. Definitely hasn't had the connection with Baker that Mike Evans has had. But uh, outside of Chris Godwin, or maybe, you know, maybe you want to speak more about Chris Godwin and his disappointing day. Zeros for you in this game. I know he's not someone that most people would have been playing in fantasy, or I hope really anyone was playing in fantasy. Uh, but I think that there probably was some excitement to see Chase Edmonds come off of IR and, you know, maybe he can get a role, especially with how inefficient the running back room has been for Tampa Bay. Um, so for mm-hmm. him to come in, he gets four touches, goes negative pretty much every single time, uh, negative five yards rushing, negative one yard receiving, um, can't go forward in either phase of the game. Um, so again, not someone that was probably a, a fantasy possibility for anyone this week. Um, but if you were looking for someone to, you know, step up and start cutting into, uh, you know, Rashad Dwight continue to get three right. yards per carry uh, between him getting into the end zone twice and between Edmonds doing nothing but go backwards. I think we'll be continuing to see Rashad White. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think we can close the book on the Chase Edmonds, uh, you know, stash, you know, hopes there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think we were all hoping for a little bit more than negative six yards on four touches today for Chase Edmonds, regardless of how terrible and that it really is a terrible, they're a worse rushing team this year than they were last season. And they were absolutely abysmal last season. They're averaging more point, more yards per game rushing this season slightly than they did last season, only because they keep trying to ram the ball into the middle of what becomes a giant pile of fat dudes. uh, You know, by the time that the running back gets back to the line of scrimmage, they, they keep running the ball which, yeah, I know you've got to keep doing that if you want to try to establish any kind of threat outside of your pass game, but they're actually a worse running team in terms of yards per carry this season than they were last season. And it's just, I mean, so in light of that, Dan, I love you, but in light of that, the fact that Baker Mayfield is giving them what he's giving them and the fact that we are still getting usable fantasy production out of Mike Evans and this pass attack uh, is actually something to be, I mean, kind of something to behold it's 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 weird it's weird 
they're not a fun team to, to watch that way, but uh, their opponent sure is, is becoming more and more fun to watch as the weeks go by here in Houston. So let's get here to the, uh, to the late window in and uh, <laughs> you know, a, another couple of great, awesome matchups here. <laughs> Indianapolis at Carolina, another matchup of juggernauts from the from the Southern divisions here. Uh, listen, you know, again, nobody looked at this game, uh, you know, on on the calendar and thought, "Oh hell yeah, let's do it up." We were hoping at one point that we'd see a matchup of uh, of top uh, top rookie quarterbacks in, in Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson's injury kind of put a kibosh on all of that. So we got a Gardner Minshew matchup with, with Mr. Young there. But uh, listen, you know, 27-13 win for the Colts. An unexciting game from, from most standpoints, unless you want to talk about the fact that Bryce Young got to swear on national television because he threw two pick sixes uh, to the same player, actually. Um, good for you, Mr. Moore. Um but yeah, overall, not a real great game here. You want to talk heroes from this game? I mean, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, there, nobody on the offensive side of things gave you anything remotely what you were hoping for. Jonathan Taylor was a top 10 running back today. Big shock, big surprise. You got what you wanted. That's not hero work. That's just coming to work for Jonathan Taylor here. But uh, yeah, I mean, outside of Kenny Moore, with two pick sixes uh, on the day to, yeah, send that Colts DST through the roof. Um, really nobody to speak of in this game from a, from a positive standpoint. I mean, do you see it any differently there? Or? And certainly kind of like what you were just saying, not a hero performance, but I feel like if you have uh, Pittman, you feel pretty good about the day, just knowing that, you know, bad game script, not a lot of passing attempts. I think Minshew had like 26 and you still got like eight receptions out of Pittman. Right. Um, so to just know that he is like a focal point of this offense, uh, and it's, it seems like as we're getting deeper and deeper into the season, it's finally coming back around where we need to be, which is Pippen and Taylor get ball. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I guess you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You got a you got a fringe. You got a you got that right on the borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Uh, you know, 14, 14 and a half points is not great, but with the scoring that happened this week. And in the NFL, Michael Pittman, yeah, was a fringe one wide receiver one for you this week, which is what you were hoping for when you drafted him. You probably drafted him more thinking he would be your wide receiver two, which is kind of what he's been giving you or at his peak this season. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're very happy with what you got from Michael Pittman today, especially in light of the fact that it was not a great game for, you know, offensively for anybody, um, you know, and the fact that Josh Downs was was as limited as he was, and they really do not have a ton of, threatening options in the pass game outside of them, especially with the, the, the way that their tight end room has, you know, has been injured and in and out and available and not available. Um, yeah. You're very happy with what you got from Michael Pittman today. Uh, I, I guess a positive note. I, again, I can't, I'm, I can't give a guy who threw three, three picks, including two of them, you know, return for touchdowns, a hero, but Bryce young was at least an effective runner today five carries 41 yards i mean you know he at least i thought he looked good running the football uh he didn't look great passing it necessarily but it, i mean 24 of 39 for 173 yards but you know three picks bryce dude uh he, i know this carolina offensive line sucks 
uh, in just about every way, shape and form, but something has got, they've, they've got to figure something out there. It's probably, I don't know if it probably won't be Frank Reich helping him figure that out. I wouldn't think, or possibly, but, uh, yeah, ouch, ouch, ouch. So zeros today, again, you know, like there's, there wasn't a whole lot of positive. You could throw a zero at Adam Thielen, I guess, if you wanted to, uh, only got 7.9 points today. Uh, was barely a flex option and a guy who has been on the season, a wide receiver one, a guy who we had ranked as a wide receiver one coming into today because of the matchup against the Indianapolis secondary. Um, my, you know, you could give a zero to Zach Moss who found, finds himself by the end of the night outside the top 50 running backs on the day. And it je- it definitely was the Jonathan Taylor show in that backfield today over Zach Moss. Now I've not been able to look at and see snap counts but usage-wise, Taylor had 18 rush attempts today, and f- he had five targets, caught all five of them, including the score that he had came through the air. So you had 23 touches on the day for Jonathan Taylor as opposed to seven for Zach Moss. Moss didn't do a whole hell of a lot with his with his carries either. He only 26 yards there, so a 3.7-yard average. Now, Taylor was not very efficient running the ball either, but like I said, he got all the looks in the pass game. He got a ton of looks in the running game, uh, as it were, and so the – you know, the, the percentage in terms of usage that we were hoping to see if you have, if you're a Taylor owner manifested itself today. Uh, Again, I haven't seen the the snap counts there, but uh, not a good day for Zach Moss. So you could throw a zero his way, but I think we've all kind of been waiting for Zach Moss to fall off the cliff. Uh, I don't know that that persists going forward, but you got any other zeros in this game? No, I think think that more or less covers it. Look, I think um, what we saw with Bryce Young is that this is a, a Colts defense where it's very tall in the interior defensive line. Yeah. That was a big, big problem uh, for Bryce Young. I mean, before his Buckner six foot seven. Right. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I, I guess that's not something that maybe we, we thought as much about as maybe should have. But, I'm five five, so DeForest Buckner sounds like Andre the freaking giant. Right. Like, I can't imagine standing there. I mean, you know, and trying to throw a ball through at or around that. So yeah. So yeah, that was a tough matchup. And look, I, I as a Colts fan, I would love to just throw a, a honorary zero to Frank Reich, who lost his revenge game opportunity. There you go. <laughs> Bryce Ridley says, hey, fellas, y'all answer fantasy questions. Well, we talk about fantasy football, and, yeah, we'll answer a question if you've got one. So if you want to throw one up there or, uh, you know, hey, hit us up on Twitter or whatever else, you're more than welcome to do that. So, yeah, if you got one, fire it up there, Bryce. We'll we'll answer it for you there. Um, yeah, I mean, not a whole hell of a lot else to talk about this game here. I mean, it's going to continue to be what it's going to be. These are not two teams that are going to challenge for any way, anything in any way, shape, or form there. Um, you know, in either of the Southern divisions, but, uh, you know, Hey, if, uh, if we can continue to get some top 10 days out of Jonathan Taylor at running back, uh, I know Josh from earlier will, will appreciate that in his 20 team PPR league. Um, but yeah, people who stashed Jonathan Taylor, who maybe were worried about his situation with the trade request and the will he won't he play. And is Jim Irsay going to piss him off enough that JT just quits on everybody? That hasn't happened. Michael Pittman is still a usable running back, or I mean, wide receiver there too in on their team. Um, and hey, I listen. Adam Thielen today, notwithstanding, Adam Thielen has been, uh, you know, against all odds, a uh, a very good, very usable fantasy asset. If you want to try and sell him, get out from underneath him. I wouldn't try to necessarily do it this week. 
because of the, the poor performance. But uh, if you can sell somebody on the fact that he's a top 10 wide receiver and you want to try and get something a little more valuable, a little more useful, a little more, a little more stable asset, we should say, I wouldn't blame you on that. But uh, that being said, let's move on to our next thrilling matchup here of the day. <laughs> Oh, what a fun one to watch this was. The New York Giants traveling to the desert to face the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Just ouch in every way, shape, or form. Um, You know, again, it it, it would be a a note that we would talk about in this game, but we kind of can't start talking about this game without talking about the fact that Daniel Jones goes down with a knee injury, leaves the game. Uh, They already have placed Terod Taylor uh, and and, uh, Mr. Waller uh, on – uh, IR. So you know that Terod Taylor has to miss the next four games. That's week nine, week 10, week 11, and week 12. They have a bye week 13. So you will not see Terod Taylor until week 14 at the earliest. Uh, and that's if, right? Uh, same thing for Darren Waller. You won't see him until week 13 at the earliest. Then Daniel Jones, who came into today ostensibly healthy, started the game, leaves uh, with a non contact. Looks like knee injury. There is some fear that he tore an ACL. They will have an MRI to confirm that tomorrow, but they are expecting that's what it shows. So Mr. Tommy DeVito, last week's star player, uh, came in, and after a two-of-seven performance for negative one yards passing last week, uh, hey, he found the the end zone on the ground last week, but two-of-seven for negative one yards um, follows that up this week, completing 15 out of 20, so good for you, 175 yards, and actually did get a score there to a wide-ass open Wandale Robinson, literally no one within a 15-yard circle around him, um, but did throw a couple of picks, a couple of bad picks there. Tommy DeVito is not the answer, but it looks like he's going to have to be your answer in New York, so have fun with that moving forward. Um, not a fun game to watch there as uh, as the Raiders absolutely you know, destroy the New York Giants 30 to six there, something that we all saw coming, I think. Yep. I uh, we saw, I think, the win for, for Las Vegas, but I don't necessarily think that we all saw Daniel Jones going down and having to endure Tommy DeVito again. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the characters in this Heroes game. and zeros. Heroes, we'll start it off with the heroes here, and we're going to talk about Josh Jacobs finally giving us the kind of day that we drafted him for at, at number three, running back three on the day, 21.8 fantasy points. Um, listen, with starting the rookie Aiden O'Connell, who has not performed, you know, had not performed terribly uh, in his limited usage to this point. He'd played in two games, one start, and then came on in relief uh, you know, a week or two ago here. Um but Josh Jacobs, 26 carries on the day, 98 yards, found the found the, the end zone a couple of times. Didn't see a target in the pass game, but they didn't have to throw the damn ball a whole hell of a lot uh, to the running backs or to anybody else, really, to be honest with you. Um, so Josh Jacobs finally giving you at least points-wise the day that you were hoping for when you drafted him. Uh, like I said, a top five running back uh, on the day. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, hey, Let's let's give Saquon Barkley at least an, an honorary hero, even though he only got you, you know, why he got you running back two use or points on the day. And that's something when it was Tommy DeVito's game for, for most of it. And 
there was literally no option other than Saquon Barkley to go to for, for quite a lot of it. Um, 16 carries, 90 yards, didn't score, but got you over a hundred total yards between that and his, his receiving uh, yardage on the day. So I'll give an, uh, I'll give a shout out at least to Saquon Barkley. If I'm not going to give him an actual hero, uh, heroes for you in this game, anybody you want to actually, you know, no, but uh, to continue on the Saquon point, uh, it's the first time he's been above five yards per carry all season. He looks like genuinely good. Uh, second time above four yards per carry this season. It's been a yeah. rough uh, year for him efficiency-wise. So for him to be especially efficient in a game that was largely DeVito, I, I feel like the rest of uh, you know kind of moving forward, you feel a lot better about him uh, right now. Of course, it's going to be tough. Uh, with their quarterback situation, but at least, um, you know, you're, you're a little less concerned about, you know, his performances lately because it hasn't been great. Um, for him. Yeah. I mean, it, we don't know what they're going to be able to do at quarterback here. I mean, will we finally see Carson Wentz signed possibly uh, it's past the trade deadline. So you can't go out and pull the, the, the Vikings move for, for Josh Dobbs. Now that ship has sailed. Um, so, and, and, you know, is there anybody on anybody's practice squad that you really feel like can you can bring in and is going to give you anything? It wouldn't have to take a whole hell of a lot. It's a low bar to clear to give you more than Tommy DeVito has given you so far. I mean, I guess you could be a little optimistic if you have to work in that building and so you're trying to keep yourself from jabbing yourself in the eye with a pencil or something. Uh, yet the fact that he completed 75% of his passes today, but again... He has not looked good. He did not look good. This has not been a good team all season. This is not a good offensive line in any way, shape, or form. And, and to your point about, about the fact that, that Saquon was as, as efficient as he was today with the injuries they've seen on this offensive line and, and the, the performance or, you know, I use performance loosely, um, that they've put up this season – he's he's going to be literally the only option on this offense going forward with Darren Waller on the on the IR now for another for a month at least uh with literally no one to throw the ball no one had stepped up to lead this this receiving core anyway Wandale Robinson maybe looks like he might be but at this point with no one to throw the ball does that even matter um this is not an offense I want any part of outside of maybe Saquon. And I'm not necessarily excited about playing Saquon right now, knowing that opposing defenses are not going to have to do anything except follow him all over the place. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, yeah, it, it was, it was a, it was a sad, sorry day here today in, uh, you know, in Las Vegas for the, for the New York giants. I, I like Daniel Jones. I like him. Uh, you know, I like his rushing ability. Um, it's been a rough year for them in New York. I don't think it's necessarily all his fault, but uh, yeah, uh, you don't want to see a guy go down with a knee injury like that. I mean, you could tell right away when it happened, it was not going to be good. It was going to be some kind of tendon somewhere in that knee, some, you know, or ligament, something was going to happen. Patellar tendon or MCL, ACL, whatever. The thought there right now, the fear is ACL, which obviously would end his season and possibly put him out for a portion of next season as well. And they have to carry him and pay him through next season. So not positive news there in New York, but um, zeros in this game. I mean, outside of Tommy DeVito, who, I mean, is just kind of a zero by default. And I, again, I don't mean that as a personal judgment on the man. I mean that in terms of his uh, performances thus far in the, in the NFL. 
Um, Devontae Adams, listen, we all thought Aiden O'Connell coming in was going to be good for Devontae Adams because he had been good for Devontae Adams in his first two appearances. And Devontae Adams finds himself uh, at wide receiver 40 coming into the night game here today. 7.4 points. Um, just just couldn't seem to get anything going. I mean, like we said, it was a day that they didn't have to necessarily do a, a ton of throwing. They And Aiden O'Connell only completed 16 out of his 25 pass attempts. Uh, but of those 25 pass attempts, uh, you know, Devontae Adams saw seven targets, caught four of them, but for only 34 yards, didn't get anything going down the field. Um, another frustrating, frustrating day for, uh, for Devontae Adams owners. I'm sure Devontae is a little better with it this week because they won the game, but uh, definitely not what we were hoping for. Not the top 10 day that we were hoping for, the wide receiver one day we were hoping for out of Devontae Adams. Any other zeros for you in this game? No, that's the other big one outside of the Giants was uh, Devontae Adams. You're not really getting what you wanted, but I think otherwise you got about what uh, what you expected, and even someone like Jacoby Myers kind of bailed you out and maybe got you a little bit more than you yeah. probably otherwise should have because he got a rushing touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the way you thought you were going to get it, but you did get your wide receiver two numbers from him. I had him as a flex option coming into this week. Uh, he was a wide receiver too, statistically on the day, only caught two passes. But like you said, the, the 17 yard rushing score coming out of kind of nowhere, got him 13 and a half points, which today was good enough to be, you know, a, a practical offensive, you know, superstar. So just, yeah, fun game to watch. Uh, I use the word fun completely facetiously there. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's time to put that one to bed. We're We're going to move on here after. We get to an actual question that we got from Bryce here. Bryce asks us here, he says, long question. He got Adams, Kirk, Cooper, Ayuk, Thielen, and Devon and Deontay Johnson. His running backs are Jones, K9, so Kenneth Walker, Montgomery, and Brian Robinson. He's got a proposal that they want him to send Ayuk for Jonathan Taylor. Our thoughts on that. Take a look at that roster there. Are you making that trade? Are you getting rid of Ayuk? In the, on that roster to bring in Jonathan Taylor when he's already got Jones, K9, David Montgomery, who will be back, and Brian Robinson? It's tough. Um, I think the my answer is yes, but I do think that you would need corresponding moves to add at the wide receiver position. Uh, and I say that I think Jonathan Taylor outright is a better value than Ayuk at this point. I struggle to consistently trust the – uh, passing attack for the Niners. That offense is incredibly efficient. Don't get me wrong. And I think it'll return to being uh, what has been uh, before the skid, before the bye. Um, having said that, though, uh, the volume isn't always there and things can go a bunch of different ways between Kittle, between Debo, between Ayuk himself, obviously. Um, and Taylor, I think it feels like it's skewing a little bit more and more that way. And he's looked good. Um, and, and we all know that having a bona fide uh, RB1 uh, changes thing, the math for you in fantasy. So I think Jonathan Taylor is worth doing the deal. However, um, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of upside, but a lot of question marks in that wide receiver room otherwise. And, the, and, and there you have, I mean, this is a list of dudes. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. a list of guys. You've got a nice roster in terms of there is a lot of there's a lot of production potential there. But what you've got right now on this list is a lot of twos and not a lot of ones. And I know that Devontae Adams should be a one, hasn't been. Thielen shouldn't be a one, has been, but 
again, I don't think any of us necessarily trusts that to maintain. So the way I look at it right now, all of your running backs feel like twos. Montgomery had been good when he was before, when he was healthy, but I think we all look at Gibbs and the way that he's performed. And we think that Gibbs might you know, be able to maintain the bulk of that role. Even when Montgomery comes back, if you can send Ayuk for JT straight up, you're bringing in a number one. So you will, then you will have, like you just said, you'll have that running back one. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to keep Deontay Johnson as a, as a wide receiver too. And I want you to not have to necessarily worry about that. Now, what I'm going to look to do is I'm going to try to take either Adams and Kirk and Thielen and Montgomery. I'm going to try to package some of those guys to bring in another, at least one more one somewhere, a guy that we know is a bona fide and consistent one, not a guy that kind of performed as one earlier in David Montgomery, not a guy who kind of has performed as one in, in Adam Thielen. I want to package some of these guys and bring in a guy that this season has been performing as a lockdown number one at either running back or wide receiver to upgrade your roster. Pull off those two for ones. Help pull off a three for one if you can get the right name for it. I don't, I'm not going to necessarily throw a name out here right now, but if you can do Ayuk for JT straight up one on one and then package a couple other guys and bring in another number one, especially possibly at that wide receiver position, then you'll have a couple of ones to work with. And a lot of guys at two that you can put at your number twos and in your flex position, then, then you're really rolling on that roster there. So yes, I would pull that trade off. And then I would, I would be looking to, like I said, pull off a blockbuster somewhere, try and pull, try and convince somebody on the idea that they're going to get Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen, and you're going to get a superstar back for him. Says he had Amari Cooper and Deontay for CD. Um, but the owner, he accepted, but the owner, uh, you know, the, the owner rejected. Um, yeah. It, you, again, you can't make other guys do this, but what I would be doing is I would be trying to talk to dudes. I wouldn't be just sending out, and this is, I don't know what your thoughts are on trading, but my thoughts are it's never the best practice to just send out a blind ass offer to a dude. Even if you know, even if you know these guys in your league and hopefully, you know, the guys in your league, if you're playing in you know a fun league, don't just send out a blind ass offer especially a two for one or whatever like that. Engage people in conversation. Let them know your thoughts. Let them know why you're approaching them. Hey, when I look at your roster, here's how I see it. I think that you have a need here. I have a need here. And I think our strengths match up with each other's needs. And this is why I'm approaching you for a, for a trade. Are you interested or what are you looking for? Start it off that way. Let the guy know that you're not looking to, to take advantage of him or her, as it were, but that you're, you're honestly looking to make a fair deal to upgrade your roster, but you're looking to make a fair deal. You don't want to screw this other guy over. Engage people in conversation around trades. You have enough names on that roster, Bryce, where somebody should bite. Somebody You should be able to get somebody to bite. And I don't mean that in... in in terms of taking advantage of someone. I mean, you should be able to get somebody to look at things and say, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I am a little weak at, at running back. So if I trade away my star wide receiver, I can bring in a receiver to replace that guy on my roster, but I can upgrade my wide, my running back room at the same time. Those are the kinds of things you want to do in a trade situation. Don't just send off blind ass offers and hope that somebody accepts it. 
you've got enough names on that roster. You should be able to pull that off. I would send, or I would jump on the Ayuk for JT. And then, like I said, look around the, look at the rosters in your league, look at who could benefit from, you know, from upgrading one of the positions that you have a bunch of twos at, see if they'll give you one of their ones back for a couple of twos and maintain strength in, in their strength, but then upgrade where their weaknesses are. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I, trading's not easy. Trading can be fun. But so many guys that play this game just think that everybody else is out to screw everybody over. Yeah, honestly, a lot of times the guys who think everybody's out to screw them over are the guys who are who are out to screw everybody over on a trade. So Bryce says, thanks. So might consider the whole team available just to create something. Yeah, I mean, be smart about it. But like we said, you've got a lot of twos that you've got a very usable roster. But if you can bring in a couple of ones because of what you've got there, yeah, then now, now you can start rolling there. Yeah, well, and as far as uh, just everyone being available, it's always good to keep things fluid never be like yeah. too locked in like right. oh this is how my team's going to be i'm keeping this player um I, i'm in a lot of leagues and there are certainly players who i've had in a spot here a spot there and i'm like eh, i probably should trade this guy but i'm not going right. to because i just want to have them on a team and but you have to realize that you are taking a bit of a hit by doing that like i know on one contender last year i was like I just don't want to sell Drake London. I know I should. It would make <laughs> right, my right, weekly right. points go up, but Me. I like having him. I um, don't feel like, yeah. So uh, you are best off. You are best served from an efficiency standpoint, being willing to trade anyone at any time if the right deal uh, comes up. And there is a right deal out there for everybody. Don't, I mean, listen, like you just said, maybe you really like it. I'm a Packer fan and I really don't want to trade away Aaron Jones. Listen, if somebody comes out there and is like, hey, I'll give you CMC and Justin Jefferson for Aaron Jones and, and you know, Amon Ra, you're taking that freaking trade. Or you should be if you know anything about fantasy football, right? The, the price is out there for everybody, and you have to tell yourself that. Nobody drafted Justin Jefferson this season thinking they would trade him. Right now, if you're the Justin Jefferson owner and you got an offer like, yeah, somebody said, oh, I'll give you the sun god for Justin Jefferson – you would jump on that or you should. We don't even know if Justin Jefferson will play again this season. So if somebody offers it to you, you should be thinking or at least considering the offer. Now you're not trading him away for, you know, I, I don't even want to, Yeah. You're not trading him away for Hollywood for a combination of a Hollywood and Zach Moss. Right. But there is a price out there that should be able to pry away Justin Jefferson from you. Not just because he's on the, on the injured list right now, but uh, you know, we talked enough about this New York game, this Las Vegas game. Let's move on to an actual, uh, you know, fun matchup that everybody got to watch and that, that was uh, that actually had some drama and some points scored and some fun here. <laughs> Dallas and Philadelphia matchup of the two top teams in the NFC East there. And, uh, hey, uh, you know, a game that that. Looked like it might have be able to have some offensive fireworks. Kind of did have some offensive fireworks here. Big win for the Eagles, 28-23. They maintain their best record in the NFL. Uh, maintain their top, uh, you know, their spot atop the NFC East there. Um, you know, some some nice offensive performances in this. And actually a couple we probably didn't think we were necessarily going to get, uh, or at least not as, you know, not the heights of scoring that we did see. But uh 
you want to go, uh, you know, want to, you want to go heroes and zeros, here. heroes and zeros. Yeah, kind of take your pick. There were quite a few performances across across the board here. Now, Jalen Hurts scored a ton of points, was the number three uh, fantasy quarterback today. Uh, I had him ranked at number three. That's kind of what you thought you were going to get and what you were hoping to get out of Jalen Hurts, even against the Dallas defense, the vaunted Dallas Cowboys defense there. A.J. Brown got you almost 20 points. Again, got you kind of what you thought you were going to get out of him. Devontae Smith got you kind of what you thought you were going to get out of him. Um, how about Dak Prescott, though? Uh, coming away as quarterback two on the day, at least entering the night game here with 28.36 fantasy points for you. Um, and actually, I mean, had them in this game, uh, right up until the very end there, 29 out of 44 through the ball, 44 times, 374 yards passing three scores, no picks. Um, you know, the, the 374 yards, uh, a season high for him. And, uh, you know, the, the 44 attempts a season high for him. I mean, they, they threw the ball today and had to, um, you know, last week he's coming off a game where he had four touchdowns last week, negated one of them kind of with the interception, but a uh, couple of, you know, back-to-back real nice games here for Dak Prescott in terms of scoring wise. Uh, and like I said, got you, you know, uh, after CJ Stroud's monstrous day, Dak Prescott got you the second most uh, fantasy points of the day coming into the night game here. So Dak Prescott is getting my hero of this game. Uh, anybody you want to point out here? Yeah, I mean, CD Lamb was kind of right there with him with 190 yards. Um, massive game. They finally used their one like their one. Um, you know, <laughs> didn't feel like they were making a real effort to actually get him involved, get him the ball. Like this is the first read. Um, so yeah, I, I feel a lot better about CD lamb moving forward. Um, you know, a- after this game, uh, even, you know, on the last play of the game, that's who Dak was looking for, uh, got caught short, but you know, again, like, I feel like if you have CD, then you feel really good about that. Like when the game's on the line, that's who's being looked for. Yeah. A career high 16 targets for CD lamb today. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty phenomenal there. Um, you know, and, and yeah, and not, not just 16 targets, but then he catches 11 of them. Like you said, for 191 yards, his longest catch of the day was 29. was only 29 yards, only 29 yards, but it wasn't like he just, yeah, he didn't Rashid Shahid his day to an almost 200 yard game. He just was consistent catching the damn ball all over the place down the field. Um, nice day for Jalen Tolbert today, uh, five targets, three catches, but he scored as well. Um, Jalen Tolbert seen increasing usage in that pass game. Uh, second among the Dallas wide receiver core today in targets, uh, out targeted Brandon cooks who only saw two, uh, only saw a couple of looks, uh, come his way with one catch. Michael Gallup only had three looks today. Cavante Turpin even had a look today. Um, the electric one, uh, in the return game at least, but, uh, yeah, Jalen Tolbert, a guy, speaking of dynasty wise, speaking of guys to stash, speaking of guys to look at, um, guy who hasn't gotten a ton of talk, who was maybe a little more hyped up going into last season as a rookie and then didn't necessarily see the usage, but is starting to see usage here. Um, and did catch a big touchdown for them today, but CD lamb. Yeah, man, 16 targets, 11 catches, 191 yards. Like you said, he was wide receiver two on the day. Um, yeah, the rising tide of that, of that pass offense floated everybody's boat. Jake Ferguson was your number four tight end on the day. He had 22 points for you. Fantasy wise today, another guy who in dynasty, I like 
this was and and was a guy last year I grabbed in Dynasty a lot. Ten targets today, seven catches, ninety-one yards, and a score. Um, got away for a real nice long forty-yard gain on the one. But um, you know, this was a we saw the writing on the wall with Dalton Schultz contract situation coming into last season. I think we all kind of, I think figured he would be out of town and on a team that likes to use the tight end and with a quarterback who likes to use the tight end like Dak Prescott. Uh, I saw an opportunity there for Jake Ferguson to, to rise to the top of this, this core. Now, when they went out and they drafted the um, Schoonmaker from, from Minnesota or from Michigan, so I think some people thought, okay, that might be the direction they go. But Jake Ferguson, clearly the uh, the pass-catching tight end in this offense right now, and you know, seeing 10 targets this week, um, you know, he, he's, you know, he, this is by far the most targets he has seen in a game this year. But he has been very efficient so far in catching his targets. Uh, and he's a guy that I really like, not just for the rest of this season, but going forward in dynasties. He's still a young guy. This is only his second season. Um, Jake Ferguson had a, had a real nice day as well. Um, otherwise, like we said, you kind of got what you were expecting out of everybody. I mean, DeAndre Swift didn't give you a great day, but he was still a usable running back. He didn't kill you with his, his point total today. Tony Pollard didn't give you anything, but Tony Pollard hasn't given you anything all year anyway. Um, what's your take on Tony Pollard right now and, and, and in this and what we've gotten out of him this season? What so what I'll say is I think this is the most explosive that he's looked in a while. He actually had like an efficient day that just the volume kind of got away from them. They were playing, um, you know, they kind of jumped out ahead and then Philadelphia started gapping them pretty quick at, and then they, you know, rallied late. Um, but I say all that to say is for a good chunk of things um, from like the second onwards, it was like two scores for Philadelphia. So they kind of got away from the run game, but he was an efficient runner today. And that's better than you can say for him recently. Cause what it's been is him getting volume um, being an incredibly inefficient back. Um, it's for a guy that's around 200 pounds and has through a lot of his career been uh, a second fiddle guy. Yes. It's easy to wonder if maybe there's some kind of correlation that he looks a little bit more explosive when he's getting 13 touches versus um, the <laughs> versus 20 that he's been getting yeah. Uh, yeah. most yeah. of the season. Yeah. Um, but for what it's worth, I think it's, it's nice to see him at least have an efficient day on the ground. Uh, yeah. And I, I agree with that as well. And I, yeah, again, a guy that, you know, we, t- in the fantasy world, we tend to look at things through the fantasy lens. And so like with Alexander Madison, who I talked about earlier, Tony Pollard, a guy that we all were kind of trying to will towards happening because we saw fun things and great things from a fantasy standpoint. We were like, oh, Ezekiel, it's past his time, past his time. Well, everybody except Jerry Jones felt like that. And so Ezekiel kept getting his usage. And, you know, Zeke is still has something to offer this league. I think he's showing that up in New England. But... Tony Pollard having never had to be that debt knockdown number one guy is now, you know, is now that guy. And it's, it maybe is weighing on him a little bit. He's not the biggest guy and he's not necessarily a guy who's ever had to have that role here in the NFL. And uh, I agree with you that he maybe looks a little more comfortable, a little more explosive when he's not having to necessarily shoulder that load. Now my take on his usage and, and those kinds of things, Listen, you, we all know who Matthew Barry is if we're in the fantasy sphere. We've all watched him on ESPN and now on NBC Sports. 
and his whole free Aaron Jones thing that, that he started a, several years ago and how pissed he always was. And I'm a Packer fan, so I get it that it never seemed like they wanted to turn Aaron Jones loose. Do we all remember who was the coach for Aaron Jones at the very beginning there? Uh, big Mike, the guy that's down there in, in, in Dallas right now, who's not using Tony Pollard, like we all in the fantasy world would like to see him used. I don't necessarily know that things get a ton better for Tony Pollard. Um, so, you know, like Chris says on like just seemingly every Wednesday night, our, our you know, co-host Chris Dauhauer there, listen, why do we keep ranking Tony Pollard as a running back one when he hasn't given us running back one stuff so far this year? I don't know that he's going to. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hey, you got running back two slash flex usage out of him today. Maybe that's what you got to steal your reserve for. And, and just understand that, that might be what you get here. Uh, zeros in this game. Do you have a zero for this game at all? Um, I, I think it's tough for anyone that I had like real expectations for, um, yeah, no, I, I think everyone who I expected to do well at least kind of offered something. I think Swift is really like the closest you have, and he's still just by virtue of volume um, avoided an absolutely like meltdown type of day. Um, but otherwise, Devonta Smith didn't do anything. Well, he got in the end zone. Um, so while he didn't have a big day from the counting stats, that kind of saves you from a fantasy aspect. And he's been kind of going through a rough stretch anyways. This is the weakest game of A.J. Brown's kind of hot streak he's been on, but still got in the end zone, still got seven receptions, still got 60 yards. Right. So as far as zeros, it feels like uh, all the great players in one of the best uh, interdivision matchups in the league right now came to play. Right, yeah. And I mean, based on the matchups and – and based on what we were hoping to get for, I mean, Brandon Cooks didn't give you anything. He got you less than two points, but I had Brandon Cooks ranked as wide receiver 45 coming in today. Anyway, I wasn't right. playing Brandon Cooks unless I absolutely had to. And I honestly don't think you absolutely had to, even with four teams on the bye. There were other options out there that I think were going to give you more points than Brandon Cooks. There were a lot of guys you and I, you know, don't talk about on a weekly basis who outscored Brandon Cooks today, and that's going to happen next week too. It's just the fact of the matter, folks. Including guys that were readily available on waivers. Yes, yeah. So it, it was hard <laughs> to get forced into playing Brandon Cooks. You could have you could have pulled up the top ten or twelve names on the waiver wire wide receiver this morning, thrown a dart, grabbed the guy, and chances are you got more points out of him than Brandon Cooks gave you today. Our friend Reborn Jungle one seven three here as we uh, get close to wrapping this thing up here has a question real quick: St. Brown or Diggs now? and rest of season. He says he likes St. Brown's target share more and Diggs has a way harder schedule, but please insight you. Well, you can talk about St. Brown's target share and liking it more, but on the season, Stefan Diggs is third in the league in target share right now. He's, he's, he's seen 32.3% of the targets uh, on that Buffalo team on a team that we know wants to toss the ball all over the place has the better quarterback between just, you know, between, uh, you know, Jared Goff and, and Josh Allen. He's, you know, Diggs is the one who has Josh Allen. Um, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I love what he brings to the table. I love what he can do in that offense. Uh, but Stefan Diggs is, is having a pretty special season here right now. Um, I don't necessarily know that I want to, you know, get away from what he's given you there. Um, I mean, how do you, how do you see this? What do you see between I'm the two? I'm also on the dig side. And part of that is look, I feel like we've 
we're no longer concerned about Jared Goff whenever he goes on the road anymore. Like that's oh, yeah, yeah, been yeah, a concern yeah. historically. However, I am going to be concerned once he st- gets starts needing to play outside in the cold in, you know, playoff time, fantasy playoff, fantasy time. playoff time. Yep. He's still going to force feed the ball to Amon Rice St. Brown, but I'm worried how concerned about how many of those touchdowns you're going to get versus a guy like Josh Allen. Um, we've seen historically those guys with the massive arms, if anything, they kind of ignite when the, when it gets a little bit colder, uh, cause yeah. you can kind of sling it. Um, but the timing stuff gets rough and I don't know, uh, once you get outside, once you get into the winter, some of these quarterbacks with smaller arms gets tough on them. Um, so I'm confident in Jared Goff the rest of the season. I'm confident in Amon Ross St. Brown the rest of the season. I'm a lot more confident uh, in the Buffalo Bills and Diggs and Josh Allen. Now, listen, if 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 you're if you're talking dynasty right now, and if you're talking about trying to make a move or whatever between one of these guys right now, hey, yeah, I'm all in on St. Brown. He's younger. Stephon Diggs is 29, um, but Stephon Diggs is in the middle of a pretty special season right now in Buffalo. From a, from a receiving standpoint, he's he's getting a ton of looks himself there. He's not going to have great weather outside either. I mean, Kremlin, as he plays in Buffalo, they literally have to shovel their own players out to get them to the stadium on time uh, if they're not playing in Detroit, you know, because they can't dig their own stadium out. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, between the two this season, I'm going to grab Diggs or I'm going to hold on to Diggs, and I'm not necessarily going to look back and feel bad about it. But I do love, I do love me some Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, one more last question here before we sign off here. Bronson Howe uh, says, trade T-Law, Purdy, and Tank Dell or Waddle for Hertz and Mark Andrews. It's two quarterback, two tight end league. The other quarterback is Burrow. Tight ends are Kincaid and Logan Thomas. They're trying to get Logan Thomas out of the starting lineup, and I don't disagree with you on that. What's your thoughts there getting rid of T-Law, Purdy, and either Tank Dell or Waddle for Hertz and Mark Andrews? I, I'm curious. So you see a lot of super flexes or two QB leagues be dynasty. And I think that's kind of important to my outlook here. Uh, Cause you are giving up some really awesome young players, but generally right. speaking, you're getting the best two players uh, in Hertz and in Andrews, mm-hmm. or at least especially, um, you know, Andrews given how valuable that is uh, in the disparity at tight end position. Uh, someone who's getting the volume week in week out. I mean, we just, we talked earlier um, you know, they Lamar threw the ball 26 times, and we still got eight receptions or whatever for Mark Andrews, right? So, uh, come hell or high water, Andrews is going to perform more often than not. Um, and yeah, obviously, Hertz is like the premier quarterback uh, at the position, so I like that side, uh, but it is worth knowing. One thing I'll point out too that you want to. I again, like you said, I don't know if this is. He says it's redraft. Okay. Yeah. And his other wide receivers are Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, Amon Ra, AJ Brown. You've got Addison, uh, Sutton. He's got he's got plenty of, of wide receiver help. So that's that's good. And it's redraft. So in that case, yeah, I like that. Keep in mind you're going to be missing Hertz here next week. Next week is Hertz's bye week. Okay. Uh, so you'll still have Burrow, but if you, if it's a two quarterback league and you're trading away two for one, tra- you know, T law is past his bye week. So is Purdy. They're both past their bye weeks. So you're going to be missing out on a quarterback next week. Mark Andrews and Dalton Kincaid both have week 13 buys as well. So if it's a two tight end league, you're trying to get Logan Thomas out of your starting lineup. I get that his bye week is week 14. 
just don't leave yourself completely naked. You don't want to be punting in week 13, literally. Uh, if, if, if you're trying to get into the playoffs, or you're fighting for the playoffs, keep that in mind. But yes, in this trade, you are getting back the two best players. If you bring in Hertz and Mark Andrews, and you are definitely setting yourself up outside of week 13, you're setting yourself up to have a dynamic two tight end, uh, you know, two, two starting tight ends in a two tight end league. I like that. You All right. That's going to or Waddle out of curiosity <sighs> between those two, which would you prefer? Ooh, that's now that's tough. I mean, I don't want to have recency bias in the great game that Tank Dell had today. Uh, Waddle has been a little more mercurial. He's been a little more up and down than I think we hoped he would be this season. Um, it's redraft. I feel like you're selling Tank Dell very close to the ceiling versus Waddle. Um, you're you're selling a little bit below the value got him at, right. and right. If you don't believe that Waddle recuperates anything throughout the rest of the season, then obviously that doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if his ceiling was a while ago, if he's never going to re-reach it. Right. Um, but if you're a believer in Waddle, I think it's Dell. But Yeah, I mean, I just conversation. I have a real hard time. I like Tank Dell. I love what he did today. I think we got a glimpse today of what he can do, but I think we got a glimpse today of what he can do at the height of everything. Whereas Waddle we know what he's capable of as well. And we know what he can give you on a little bit more, probably consistent basis. That's outside of the fact that CJ Stroud is having a phenomenal year. That's a pass attack. That's an offense in Miami that I want to hang on to pieces of, if I can, um, especially in the past on the passing side of things, when you're talking about Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. Um, so yeah, I agree with you too. I think it's probably T law Purdy and Dell. If I can, if I can, if I can do that. Um, but yeah, Hey, Great question there. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, for us. Hey, uh, Adam, tell us where we can find you or what you got going on here for the for the next week, or at least until Wednesday night when we uh, when we meet up again here. Yeah, uh, at Larue, Adam on Twitter. It's on screen. If you are watching, uh, ask any fantasy questions there if you uh, feel so obliged. And then, of course, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, same channel here on Wednesday. Um, you know, come back in for that. Yeah. Hey, Ed, again, STT Chase FFB on the Twitter X, whatever you call it, machine there. Again, yeah, you can ask me trade questions or or start sit questions or whatever else, or just talk some football, fantasy football, or anything else that strikes you there. I, I do pretty good about getting back to people on that. You can find my rankings as well as Dan Mater's rankings there at uh, BellyUpFantasySports.com. It's right up there in the in the menu bar. Uh, both of our rankings weekly, and we update those every single week for you there. Uh, if you've got start sick questions and you're shy about getting a hold of me on Twitter, um, we will be back with Dan and with Chris, the two of us, Adam and myself, uh, all four of us for Operation Domination on MD's Fantasy Football Show here Wednesday night at uh, at eight thirty Central. So tune into that. Uh, keep in mind then as well on Thursday nights there we generally have uh, Dan generally runs the uh, his injury inquiries there with brian scott uh so hey give us a t give us a look there be sure you like be sure you follow be sure you subscribe be sure you check out uh bellyupfantasysports.com as well for everything else we've got to offer and articles over there not just on fantasy football but it's also you know we're, we're just firing up the fantasy basketball and, and hockey seasons so you can find all that and more over there but uh again until uh you know until we see you again till we see you on wednesday then uh, good luck to everybody. I hope your uh, Monday night miracles all come through. <laughs> Is there anything you need out there, Adam, that you're hoping manifests itself tomorrow night? 
Well, I'm in a similar position as you, where I'm in 20 leagues, and <laughs> I haven't really gone quite through and delved into can't what's, what's look, alive yeah. and what's not yet. So right. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't know yet. Can't. Yeah. I, if I if I try to look throughout the day on Sunday, it just drives me mad because I end up the guy that I need to score to win in six leagues is also the guy that will beat me in another five. And yep. you know, and I, I the, wait the, to look. Yeah as much as possible until right. around now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, like, I don't right, want to put this is what I'm ready for Monday. <laughs> yeah. I can't put myself in position to be like, geez, if, if Justin Herbert can throw for between 238 and 276 yards, and if he throws a touchdown to Donald Parham, but not Keenan, I, I nope, can't do that. But uh, Hey, for those of you out there who are not in 20, 30 plus leagues, like Adam and myself, Hope your Monday night manifests, uh, it's, you know, it come true. And uh, hey, join us back here, like we said, on Wednesday night. Thank you all for joining us.